Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Congratulations. Your morning just got a bit classier. A media legend, a ferocious linebacker, a clueless producer, and you. Searching for a replacement window online? Visit windownation.com today. So raise a glass and act accordingly. This is Bishop and Laurenitis. All right, let's do it live on a Thursday edition of the program. How you live at threes? Well, living the dream, brother. How are you, man? You know, I'm looking at this. I'm looking at the NFL lines. We'll do, okay. uh, you know, we'll do a little beat the house a little later. Crazy week three, man. Usually week three, Vegas has it sort of figured out. Mm-hmm. Right? They they kind of yeah. have it figured out at this point. One week one is really I hard. Haven't peaked at them at all, by the week way. Week two just... is overreaction. Huge overreaction usually in week two. And then week three, there's usually a pretty good feel uh, for for what's what's coming. And some of these are pretty wild. I mean, for Maybe example, I like, then before so scores. Baltimore. Yeah, well, it's beat the house. You, you get a couple hours. Either one. You know, um, it's a, look, it's the, all the same uh, to me. It's something yeah, to do with numbers and picking games and you know just so you know i don't do a deep dive most of these are like just deep gut instinct yeah but uh yeah i do the same you know i I pay attention i'm seeing who's 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 like here's one detroit is giving eight to baltimore they're giving eight to baltimore Ooh, that's me that seems like a lot and they're at home eight at home Mm -hmm. i i feel like or I'm sorry, they're, they're getting eight. They're getting eight mm-hmm. at home. Baltimore's yeah. favored by eight at Detroit. Like, I like Detroit in that. There's some great games this week. Chargers at Kansas City. Chargers uh, and this Chiefs week. is one. Touchdown? Uh, the, six and a half? What are we talking about? Six and a half on that one. Six and a half mm. for Kansas City on that one. Um, you, I, I did Tampa Bay at Rams is amazing. I mean, that's an unbelievable game. And Green Bay at San Francisco. Mm. Afternoon mm. win. So Sunday night football must be Packers at... Packers at 49ers, Sunday Night Football, and then America's Game of the Week is Tampa Bay at Rams. That's probably yeah. the way that that's going. So that's, I mean, those are, that's a pretty good, you, you're you you're going to be able to watch uh, your, your your Browns. By the way, Justin Fields is going to make his starting debut this week. How about up that? In Cleveland against How about the Browns. that? You'll get that one. Yeah, baby. That'll be fun. Yeah. yeah. Cincinnati at Pittsburgh in the early window as well. That's a brutal spot for 10 TV. That's brutal. <laughs> because... The rule of thumb is the rule. When I was there, it's it's been a while, obviously, but when I was there, the rule of thumb was if Browns always outrated Bengals by a pretty wide margin. The only time that it was tricky is if Bengals played Steelers, mm-hmm. and then it was really about the matchup for Cleveland. So that's a tough one because there's a lot of Steelers fans in town too. So Steelers Bengals almost equaled Browns. I think the Burrow factor in Cincinnati certainly added to the intrigue. But now all of a sudden, the Browns are playing Justin Fields. Yeah, in his debut. So that's kind of that's a brutal spot for them. I yeah. do not envy our friends at Ten TV. That's a tough, tough call. 
um, trying to make that call in the early window. Man, that is tough. Not great. Um, no, not ideal. Not ideal. Um, yeah, man, it, it's um, this NFL weekend is is going to be fun, and I'm obviously pretty good. Know, the, yeah, tonight's tonight's going to be whenever you have the night game on a Thursday. I it just gets you. I mean, no matter how bad the game is, it really just gets you right, you know. Mm-hmm. And tonight you got Carolina with a man. If that I'm was looking forward to seeing Darnold. Same. Same and I and I, I look and I don't think the Texans are. You're talking about a short week with a first time starter at quarterback. You can understand why the Panthers are getting eight points. Yeah, right. Like that's easy. I Absolutely. Mean, it, 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 if and, that was, I mean, unless Houston wants to throw the okie doke and throw Deshaun Watson out there, but uh, <laughs> it just it ain't happening. It ain't happening, Coach. You manage like, oh, starting a quarterback tonight, Deshaun Watson. Wait, what? He's eligible? What? Excuse me. Excuse, I thought you guys put it's him the craziest down on thing ever. Ha! It's the craziest. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, we fooled you. I mean, it's 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 really. I mean, there are serious allegations against him from multiple women. They're, you're not going to have anything on this until the off season, and and there is nothing from the NFL because they haven't had to, right? Because Houston's basically saying, "Well, we won't play him." He's not suspended, so he's being yep. compensated in Houston, which is wild to me. That he's being compensated to not play, um, but they don't want to. They won't trade him because they don't want to trade him for fifty cents on the dollar. They won't play him because he won't play there. Yeah. And if they play him, he could get hurt. So yeah. he's just sitting as we wait on all of this. I mean, it's very possible that it's it's very possible that he that this thing could go to trial. It's possible he could have to do jail time. It's possible that he'll be suspended for an entire season. Yep. I mean, he might not play again for two years. Yep. Yep. And it's and it there's is. no certainty on it. It's wild. Yeah. Like if if let's say that he let's say that they didn't trade DeAndre Hopkins. Let's say that they still had the team that he signed the extension with. Like if mm-hmm. wouldn't he be suspended by the league right now, or would he be playing amidst this? They dodged a huge bullet. The league dodged a huge bullet that he doesn't want to play in Houston. Yeah. Otherwise, they'd have to yeah. deal with it. They would have to deal with it because you know he'd be wanting to play, and I mean it'd be a huge. I'm surprised the NFL, with the history of Ray Rice, with and and I'm not saying that this is Ray. Rice, I'm not saying this is Kareem Hunt. This is, but the history of any wait and see type, you know, stance they've done in the past, and how it's been a PR mess for them, that they weren't yeah. proactive and just saying. And look, I'm still. I mean, look, our whole system is innocent until proven guilty. Sure, but from a PR stance, I'm not sure with the hit. Like, if they never, if they didn't have those mistakes, I can understand the NFL taking this stance. But I, I just feel like all it takes is one, one case being true, and now Goodell's back in a PR nightmare, answering questions. Why don't you put him on the exempt list? Absolutely. And then him saying, "Well, our investigators didn't really, or even you know." Another take would be like, well, we didn't really, you know, we wanted the legal system to take precedent. Well, you haven't done that in other cases in the past, Roger, so why now with Deshaun right. Watson? Is right. it because he's a star? Is it because he's a young, bright star? You know, and then you're answering all those questions. Right. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, they're, they're stuck because then if nothing comes out, then you're saying, well, you, you put him on the exempt list and ruined a year of his prime when there was absolutely nothing to the 20-plus to the if you want to go that route. I mean, right. 
At the very no, least, they dodged a he huge has, bullet. He here. has odd behavior told massage towards massage therapists. Absolutely, and has oh yeah, a somewhat slight fetish. If you are searching for twenty five plus massage therapists, then you're searching for one that either you have an unbelievable high standard of what you want to be as far as your massage therapist and how you're trying to f- you have like a relentless okay. like your your ability to try to find the perfect masseuse is like MJ trying to find the perfect <laughs> basketball game. You know, like you're just. Right. You're trying to find relentless that. pursuit, uh, right? Here's what I or would say. you're trying to find a uh, an attractive one at the very least that, right? Um, you know, obviously, or leads that's to, the other. Let, let yes. me let me ask you this: as someone who played and got therapeutic massage, um, and and I, I I was getting weekly massage for my back. Um, when you find one that you like, you only use one. That's it. That's been my experience. And you that's go back the to standard. the same person. Yep. Over and over because yep. they do it right. Like it's hard to find somebody that fits what you yep. want and gets a feel for how, what you're expecting. My guess yep. is, I don't mean to put words in your mouth, but my guess is your experience was I had one, wherever city you were in, that I figured it out and that's the one I went to. My hunch. Yep. Yep. And it's, it is a, uh, the hard thing about it is you have this, um, and then everyone else, like more than likely, Everyone else also knows about that said person, and now you're yeah. trying to figure out how do I get them on the regular, you know, scheduled time. So you find yourself booking a time slot like before the preseason every single week, right? You know, for the for Lock twenty something weeks. Locked Lock in. Um, yep. There's someone here in in um, Plain City that both Shelly and I use that is the standard because it's it it. For me, it was always if I'm for one, I'm not going to a massage if you're just going to try to you know I'm it's not the whole Swedish massage. Get out of here! No, that's you're you're basically that's just applying lotion to my back. Get out of here! It's a waste of time. It's a waste of a if I right. no, there's no, two different types of, of massage. There's yes, go to the spa I'm looking on for, vacation and and relax <laughs> right, massage, right. and then there's therapeutic. Right. They're two very yes. different things. Yes, and then I get fired up when you go to a said like four seasons, and you're like, "Yeah, let me get the deep tissue," and you're like, "This is not deep tissue. This is not. I'm sorry, but you're, you're this even is looking false for advertising. deep tissue. Can I get my money the, back at the four Absolutely. seasons? Absolutely. I told you, there's tissue. nothing about me that wants to fall asleep getting a massage. If I want to oh, take a nap, I'll just go on, lay out by the beach. Get out there no, and live. A I'll go bit. lay by the beach. No way. I'll go lay by the beach. If I'm getting a massage, <laughs> I want my muscles to feel better after. Um, <laughs> so. Um, because I have ADD anyway, so like yeah. if I'm laying there and it's and it's already bad off the start, like there was one time I actually got up after ten minutes. I was like, you know what? I have somewhere to be. I totally forgot. I'm sorry, and just left. You're so like, polite. Is- you couldn't even just say it sucked. No, nope, couldn't had even to come up with the truth. Such that, a nice hey, human. I'm sorry, man, but you need to pursue a different <laughs> profession. Um, no, but um, <laughs> but for us, like here, this like you'll get on the table. Like my thing is is like where are you sore? I'll say everywhere because when I get on the table, a really good masseuse. We'll be working, and then she'll find something, and you're yeah. like, oh, I hope she doesn't stay there because it's going to kill me, and I'll start sweating. And then they stay there and because they recognize it, and then they're like, oh, you know what? I bet you're tight here because of somewhere up here. And yeah. then they hit another spot, too. You're like, I didn't know that even was tight. And then you're, right. oh, now there's cupping involved, you know, the little cup suction cup things. And so now, like, when you try to schedule her, she's booked for three and a half months. Right. So if you don't schedule, once, once she gets open, if you don't schedule every week, and just try to deal with cancellations because that's what everybody else is doing, then yeah. you're never going to get in. And yeah. so, yeah, I find one, and then that's the standard. And that's I'm it. and I'm done. 
and I'm done. You're not, not searching for anybody not 25, else. Five. So no, no. Heck no. I mean, it's a yeah. So anyway, that's uh, that. That is your game tonight, uh, Carolina against Houston. Um, Look, you got Akron here on Saturday. You're on the call for this game. Uh, I know you've done the prep for this because I know how you roll, and your prep is always pretty incredible. Um, this is a game that is, from the Ohio State perspective, it's it, what is what is expected is just an absolute whitewashing. They simply physically cannot hang. This would even yeah. have a different feel. I mentioned this earlier in the week. This would have a different feel if it was week one, but Akron has already played at Auburn. They've yeah. already played Temple. This is their fourth go-around. They do not have the depth, the physicality. I will say this for some of, for, for probably most of their roster, this will yep. be a dream come true Saturday night because they will get mm-hmm. to play at that stadium. Yep. That's not going to mean anything in terms of wins. It's not going to mean anything, I don't think, in terms of keeping it close. But there will be... I'm I'm thrilled for them for that from that perspective that they will get yeah. the opportunity to play in a stadium that they probably idolized and looked up to their entire lives. Yeah, and and uh, you know they're obviously Ohio kids all over that that roster. Um, I mentioned their Mike Backer, backer yesterday, um, Bubba. I mean, incredible. And, and remember how I said that I guarantee he was a wrestler. He was. He was a wrestler and baseball player at a oh, high go. school up there where my wife went to high school. So I'll sneak that in the broadcast. Their other um, inside backer number nine is from Dublin Kaufman. So it's. Um, you know, there's some things here that, but look, they they are, uh, they're they are so outmanned, and that's what I talked to the coaches today, and I'm just going to be honest. Like, what, what do you, what do you, like, coach? What are you trying to see? Like, when you turn on the tape on Sunday, yeah. you know, what do you want to see out of your guys? Obviously, high effort, all that, but how do you get better and ignore the score? Um, sure. Without being disrespectful, you know, and, and most of these coaches, when you he talk knows. to them, they're realistic about it. He knows what, um, what this is. Yeah, but what's it look like, you know, to yeah. you when when you turn the film on, and uh, and then how do you handle this game where you're like, it's going to be a physical game. Um, you're playing an angry Ohio State team that, although they won a week ago, it didn't look right. They've heard a bunch of stuff. Um, you heard Ryan Day earlier in the week. He calls the Woody the, the sanctuary. Um, as if everybody outside of the Woody hates them, you know, um, because you know we <laughs> they block mine out the noise that. in the sanctuary. Um, they, they mine that Ohio against the world thing as good as anybody. Yep. For, so I'm for, like, for, I mean, literally, the you are essentially, we are essentially the the official college football team of Fox Sports, right? <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> That's what we are. We're the official yes, we college are. football team of Fox Sports. By yep. the way. Uh, not only is that the case, the the guy who is one of the most famous play-by-play guys in the world, Gus Johnson, announces you as the world-famous Ohio State Buckeyes. Yes. So that's yes. <laughs> that's where you're at. You are. We yeah. are beloved. Any opportunity for us to be on national television, everybody, there's a reason that we are on Big Noon every chance that we get. It's because that's, it's of how popular Ohio State is. And yep. ESPN would do the same. They will be here every chance they get to be here. So... Um, but boy, we mind that. We mind yes. that Ohio against the world, and I think the world loves us. <laughs> I do. I think I the world loves us too. Loves I think us. that we have. Um, I think we have a a look. I think even Columbus, Ohio, loves you. You know, I think yeah. that's the that's the hard thing is that y- you have all these um, you have all these look. There, people are critical, and that's the standard. Sure. Um, 
and and it's impossible for these kids not to pay attention to the to the noise Absolutely. outside. I, yeah. I understand that. I respect that. But um, you still are beloved yes. here. Um, it's just that you know, like whenever you like when you love your child when they aren't performing in a certain way or acting in a certain way that is, um, you know, sometimes my girls are little jerks, and you're like, <laughs> it makes you angry, right? Well, I don't love like, them. When you coach your kids, you're harder on them. Right? Of course. You're harder on yep. your kids because you're holding, because they're your kids and you're holding them to a standard. And that's kind of the way the Ohio State football team is, uh, for the state of Ohio. Uh, it is Akron on Saturday. A quick, uh, correction. Several people on Twitter, including Teddy Ballgame, among others, uh, Channel 10 dodges a bullet. So Channel 10 has Bengals, Steelers, and Fox has, uh, Browns, uh, and, and Bears. So you'll be able to watch both. Two screen situation. Boom. Uh, Double screen. Ohio. That's one a, on that's, the big screen, one on the laptop. You Absolutely. Know, or if you're like Bo, you just have just two screens two, next to each other. You have like yeah, the four, that's right. the four screen hookup. Must Not four, nice. but two. You got to have two going. Get two going. That's that's really where you're at, Coach. Uh, you'll hear from Chris Olave. He was at the podium yesterday. Uh, have a little fun. Uh, could be some interesting news coming out of Cleveland today on the Browns front. Uh, we will get to that. You'll hear from Baker Mayfield, Joe Burrow over the course of the next couple of hours. The College Football Playoff Committee met in Dallas. Apparently, did nothing. And, and so we'll update you on the nothing that they did. Check in on a big one uh, for Notre Dame this week. They get Wisconsin. Big one for Marcus Freeman and the Fighting Irish. Pete Samson will join us in the 10 o'clock hour on that front. We're off and running here on a Thursday. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. Keeping you entertained with our vast selection of hot takes and play-by-play for over 25 years. Proud to be your home of the Buckeyes, The Fan, Ohio sports destination. A linebacker and a man of leisure. This doesn't even make sense. You're listening to Bishop and Laurenitis. Bishop and Laurenitis right here on The Fan. And if you are in the market for a new or used vehicle, head over to Jermaine Toyota of Columbus. Ask for Buddy or DeLacy. Say, hey, James sent me. I listened to Bishop and Laurenitis. What the heck else would I do from 9 to noon? <laughs> they sent me over. And I'm interested in one of your vehicles. They'll hook you up in their amazing deals on all their models right now. And if you just want to sell your car, they are paying top dollar to get your vehicle on their lot. You don't even have to buy one of theirs. So go over there. Give them a chance. They're at 5711 Scarborough Boulevard or they're online, germaintoyota.net. Chris Olave, who did not catch a pass last weekend. Cray, cray. Wild thing. Crazy. Yeah, it's hard hard to wrap your head around. Um, He was available yesterday. He will be a first-round pick. I'd be shocked if he was not. Um, and he was asked about the offense and getting a little bit behind schedule. Here's Olave on that. Yeah, I feel like we, we could drive the ball uh, at our own pace or whenever we want to, but uh, it's just like one or two plays on a drive that can mess us up and knock us back or knock us off schedule. Uh, we just got to clean those up and uh, stay consistent and just have fun out there. Do you remember uh, before the start of the season, I think, I'm think i sure it was one of my three things for the Minnesota game, three things to a Buckeye victory. I remember saying this. I'm very curious what it's going to look like offensively. Mm-hmm. What what type of offense are we going to play? I yeah. think they don't know yet exactly. And I think that there's proof of that. We've talked so much about the defense, and the offense has is, is certainly been good enough. Yeah. Um, but I don't know that they know exactly what they are yet. And I think you can look at the running back rotation that's happened over the over the first three weeks of the season. Um, I, I think you could look at, at some of the struggles on money downs in the red zone, in third yeah. down. Um, I think you can look at some of the play calling with putting CJ on the edge and he's an unwilling runner. Not a criticism, it's just a fact. He's not somebody who wants to stick his head down and his nose down and go get six yards on the ground. He wants to throw. He's a quarterback. Right. Use him that way. So I, I think that they're trying to figure out exactly what they're good at. You can, 
can you do that against Akron? Um, I think you can establish, like, for instance, I, I'm making two of their linebackers for Akron. One, because the guy's like a first-team All-Mac type player, um, at, at Mike Backer for them. But I think for the, the other is that they're going to have a full day's work. Um, like, 27 for Akron has led their team in tackles. I think it's like 12 of the last 15 games. Yeah. Um, and this year already he has like tackles of nine, seventeen, and twelve. It means they're on the field a lot, but also like he's just one of those dudes, you know. Um, and I, I'm putting them on there, not that they'll make an impact, but that they're just gonna. Ha- I think they're gonna have a full day with the idea that Ohio State should come out and say, "Hey, I think we found ourselves last week in the sense of Trevion Henderson is going to be our guy." Sure. And so let's build on this ground game. Let's find the exact runs that he is elite at that he likes to where we can highlight him and let's establish an attitude about us. Mm-hmm. Let's come out the first drive. Like if I'm coach day, I'm saying, Hey, look guys, I'm trying to come out here and I want us to be able to run the football every single down, you know, at the first like eight plays, I want us to hit that. You might say, well, that's something. No, it's, 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 it's setting an expectation. We are playing Akron. We are, we are, this physical, we're supposed to have all these NFL dudes on the O line. We heard all camp about depth, and we got eight or ten guys because I believe we do. But establish that, and then hone in on it. This is your yeah. last dress rehearsal before you get into conference play, and there is there's going to be a, a significant bump in talent from this week to next week at Rutgers, just in the belief on the guys that that the buy in that they have over there in Piscataway. Not that yeah. I'm worried at all about Rutgers. I'm not. I'm not worried about Maryland either. But there's there's still a bump up. Like these are the weeks to to create your identity offensively and even defensively. You saw some more zone pressures, you saw some more zone in general. Now let's try to make significant strides in week two. And then once you get in the conference play, okay, now we know who we can roll with. And and I think also what was interesting when you pay attention to Ryan's comments is there's a deep um there's a deep kind of sense of how you practice throughout the week mm-hmm. will or will not give you the ability to go out there and play and perform. He has hidden at it over and over, talking about, well, so-and-so had a good week of practice and this and that. Like, I think that that is legitimate, a deep feeling in the building. If you have guys who maybe you don't think are practicing well, and then, I mean... Why I I don't know. I'll ask coaches, you know, tomorrow for Ohio yeah. State. But seven banks in the doghouse. Why why was he in the doghouse? Why didn't he play until last week? Were right. there some injuries he was nursing? Was there practice habits? Was it maybe he thought, oh, it's my time to be the number one corner here. I'm that dude. But you haven't seen him out there starting. You know, snap one. Like, so what's the? Yeah. And so there's this kind of sense of you're going to earn your playing time on Saturday by how you practice. And last week, you see a lot of guys rotating through. Maybe a lot of guys deserve the play. But when we get to the, the nitty-gritty, and it's, you know what, this is a this is a game we got to have. It's huge, whether it's Michigan State, Penn State, name your team. Who are your 14 dudes on defense? You know, who are your 16 dudes? And I'm saying yeah. 16 because there's four D linemen, maybe six D linemen who are going to get reps. I think all three linebackers or two linebackers, if we play nickel, should be able to play the entire game without subbing. That's my opinion. If you have the dude at linebackers, like having a quarterback, you're not substituting a quarterback in and out. If you have an alpha male at Mike or Will Backer, he's not coming off the field. That's just right. it. 
But if you don't yeah. have one, then you rotate six guys and you try Good to search. get perfect guy for the perfect play. All that okay. There was a lot of plays that I blitzed on that I was not. I was not the best blitzer. But you know what? I knew that I was going to get the defense lined up and this, that, whatever. I wasn't coming off the field. It was not happening. Right. And so at corners, you have dudes. If you want to rotate three or four guys, I'm okay with that. If you have the talent to do so, don't do it just to do it. But if you feel like you have four guys who have earned the right to play, then play them. But there, there, there comes a sense of find your guys that you can count on, but then those guys have to be consistent to keep practicing at that certain level. you know. And I'm not sure we have guys who are like, Man, what a great week of practice he had, you know, two weeks ago. Man, you know, last week he just kind of coasted. I didn't yeah. see really the intention, the detail. Oh no, he's back. He's back. No, do you have guys that are up and down, or do you have consistent climbers? You know, getting better and better. And I, I don't know. I'm not there. I'm not there. You know, I practice every day, but you get a sense that Coach Day is trying to figure that out. Well, and that's the thing that I think is alarming is that it, not alarming. That's too strong of a word. We've already the alarm bells have gone off. We lost to Oregon at home, so you're adjusting to the alarm bells at this point. But but I, I think that is the thing that's concerning when you watch this team is defensively. There's not a real feel for exactly who they want to play or what they want to be, and they're figuring that out on the fly. And offensively, from an identity standpoint, I think they're figuring it out too. I think Travion Henderson is clearly going to be the motor of this offense going forward. Yeah. I think that's abundantly clear based on his talent and based on what they can do offensively, that that's what they're going to be. But they've got to get it going a little bit more in terms of the money downs, like I've mentioned. Yeah. And and that's, that's CJ and that's those two receivers. You cannot have... In a game that was a one-score game in the fourth quarter, you cannot have Chris Olave not have a catch. That can't happen. Can't. Yeah, happen. And, and, and I mean, you probably feel better about it if he catch if he doesn't drop the one, you know. Sure. And then and then and there the was one, one that, that was called uh, back. CJ hit him deep. It's dropped back. So then what? He has it's two still, receptions. Though. He has still. two receptions for probably sixty-five right. yards, and then right. um, even the touchdown pass to Garrett Wilson. I will say they ran deep qu- crossers. He could have picked. Like CJ sat there, he could have he basically do I want a love? I do I want Garrett? I think there was yeah. a little pressure in the pocket, so he naturally rolled right, which gave him the throw to to Garrett. So it's not like the hard thing is, is that it's not like Olave got locked up. You know what I mean? But there is an no. idea of okay, what is who's the guy you're rolling with now? So what I hope is Trevion Henderson had a great week of practice. Yeah, and and Ryan's right. There are things he has to improve on. I sent you the clip of yeah, the CJ's sack fumble. He blocks the wrong guy, and that's growing pains as a true freshman. Blitz comes. I block the same guy as the O tackle. Oh no, there's one free. He smokes CJ sack fumble Tulsa ball. So there are things you got to improve on if you're going to be an every down back. But let's hope that he took that coaching and said, "Yeah, I, I got you know, coach, you're right. I got a lot I can improve on. I had a great game. That's cool to pass all these you know legends. But man, I." Coach really showed me where I can even get better, which is scary because he already has a great start, but there is room. Now you hope that he had a great week of practice so that he's your starter, and now he doesn't even look back. I'm not going to have one bad day to give Master Teague, to give Mayan Williams, any of these dudes reps. I'm going to run away with this thing. I displayed what I can do on Saturday, and now I'm taking advantage of every single practice, and I'm not going to let these dudes even even sniff a rep. Yeah. That was my attitude. Like Ross Holman getting recruited and stuff from Coldwater? And everyone talking about like that was one of the best motivations. The best right. motivations was guys that we were recruiting. Like I want to practice so well that you don't even second guess us rotating. There's no right. rotation. And we're not having anyway. that. Anyway, no, it's valid. 
All right, we're giving away two tickets to the Akron game. Uh, you can go okay. uh, in in honor of Chris Alave. We'll go second caller to eight two one ninety seven ten. You're going to talk to Chops on the other side, so you get that's a win I'm for sorry. you too. I'm sorry. Um, so we'll go second caller in honor of Chris Alave uh, wearing number two. Coming up next, Baker Mayfield at the podium. Uh, you will hear from him, Joe Burrow as well. Coming up next, you're listening to Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on the Fan. If the sound of another man slammed against plexiglass turns you on, you've come to the right place. Proud to be your home for Jackets hockey. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. It's Bishop and Laurinaitis' is What's Up. What's up, man? So for you. Sponsored by your Central Ohio Honda dealers. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. I talked about my friends over at Connecticut Water Systems. I had Sean come out from Connecticut yesterday out to the barn. You know, we got... Has to be some kind of heavy iron. I don't know. He put a bunch of drops in a little carabiner and was spinning it around, doing all these water tests. He can do the same through you and your water, but I have well water out there. All right, and I have some like rust-looking stuff on the toilet bowl. All that. He said, "Hey, we oh, got yeah. this option here for a backflow." How how often are you over here, James? I said, "You know, probably once a weekend, if that." He's like, "Okay, good. So you can have this model instead of the more expensive model because you're not six people living here." My point is. They do a great job of making sure that the system fits for you and not just trying to sell you on the most expensive system. What do you need for your specific house? Go ahead and give them opportunity. Go to KineticalColumbus.com and change your water at your home. Get yourself some of that soft water like the luxurious Mr. Bishop has. Set your free in-home water analysis today. Browns at home Sunday against the Chicago Bears. Justin Fields will be making his... First start in the NFL. Going to be a fun one. The Bears have not played up in Cleveland since 2013. Uh, so it's been a while since the Bears have been up there. Two historic franchises, obviously. The Browns will be without Jarvis Landry. He was placed on IR. Uh, that's a big deal in terms of game plan. It's a big deal in terms of everything Jarvis does uh, off the field and on. Here was Baker Mayfield on the loss of Jarvis. Jarvis is obviously a big-time leader for us, um, big-time player. So, I mean, we just have to have a next-man-up mentality. You never want to have anybody go down, but we kind of hit on it after the game. It's uh, next man up, and you know somebody's going to have to fill that that role. It's a, those are big shoes to fill, so we're not asking anybody to do exactly what Jarvis does, but just to be themselves, and um, you know we'll we'll be just okay with that. It's not just the uh, the pass game stuff with Jarvis. I mean, they run a lot of stuff with him throwing the ball, running the ball in motion. All of the a lot of the trickeration that they run is keyed with him because of yeah. his ability to throw the football and run with the football. Um, and we've seen that already this season. We've seen it now uh, going on the second year. Beyond that, though, Jarvis Landry is probably the most valuable psychologist on the Cleveland Browns because he's the one on the sidelines that when there is discord or unhappiness, he's the one that that helps with that. And so that's yeah. a big loss. Uh, my hunch is he would still be down there on the sidelines, but when you're not in uniform, it's just a little bit different. Um, and I, I think it's one that will be felt for them. Now, I do think that, and Kevin Spansky talked about this yesterday, uh, that Odell Beckham is full go in practice. Um, and so that would be the first time that that's been the case. He's always been limited in practice, so he's full go in practice. And I would believe that the idea is Odell Beckham Jr. would play on Sunday. How much pitch count? Who knows? But I think the plan, as we sit here on Thursday, is for Beckham to play Sunday. Well, that's I mean that's that's great news um, because you're you're getting a guy at least when D coordinators. I guarantee right now for the Bears, you're sitting there, and if you hear Odell's playing, you're saying, okay, um, look for them to try to get him touches early. We need to be aware of this, that, and whatever. Hey, do we have a doubling plan? Do we have this or that? You know, there's all these things that you're taking into account. 
where now does that mean that Baker and Odell are going to have some magical connection? We haven't seen that since he's gotten here. But right. it still makes, and I think this is what a lot of the arguments have been on sports talk radio and on TV when you're talking about Baker's numbers are better without Odell. They don't need Odell. Well, that might be true, but I know as a D coordinator, you're still acknowledging that's OBJ out there. You know, yeah. so if you're game planning against, and this is the impact of him, he might not have ten receptions for whatever. He might. He might not. But I guarantee he has the respect. And the attention just off being that superstar of the other DBs, the guys out there covering, versus if you walk out there with Higgins and Donovan Peoples-Jones, not that everyone relaxes, but I think it gives their D coordinator a lot more flexibility and confidence to say, hey, we can man up on those two dudes out there. We don't need to send eyes to either one of these. You know, I expect you guys to get it done. Versus OBJ out there, you might try early on to man up on all three, but maybe you say if he starts becoming a problem, we're going to go to single X, you know, thirteen, and, and kind of go that route. So I'm I'm curious to see how it looks, especially without Jarvis out there. You yeah. know, like he's going to be the the main dude out there. Can him and Baker find some some mojo? Yeah, and can he lead right? Because yeah. that he's going to lead a lot of young impressionable guys in that receiving core. The guys you're mentioned, Anthony Schwartz, who's their you know the draft pick out of Auburn, who's a straight up burner. Um, but but Odell's going to have to lead those guys because that's Jar- Jarvis does all of that, and so without him there, it will fall, I think, a little bit on Odell because everyone looks up to him, everybody knows who he is. Um, and you're exactly right. It's it the guys that you mentioned are guys who, from from the standpoint of oh boy, they can get deep and beat us for one play. The guys you mentioned aren't those guys. Yeah. Higgins isn't that guy. Donovan Peoples Jones isn't that guy. Odell's that guy. Schwartz can be that guy because of how fast mm-hmm. he is. Uh, even Jarvis isn't that guy. He's not that guy. Yeah. Jarvis is death by a thousand cuts. Odell is a bludgeoning if he if he can do what he used to do. And I mean, I saw him this summer. He looked great, and that was in June. Um, in, in practice, he looked absolutely sensational. So uh, his cutting was there; everything was there. I told that story on the air of, of Baker coming over and correcting him on a route. That's a big step for their relationship. In, in terms of that, because I think originally when he was acquired, Baker was in awe of him. Yeah. You know, like you almost idolized Odell. Let's remember yeah. that when the Giants traded him to the Browns, he had more social media followers than anybody else in the NFL, and it wasn't particularly close. Yeah. I want to say he was double as many as Tom Brady at the time of the trade. So that's what Beckham's persona is. That's what it's all been. This is a chance for him to play in an offense that's fully formed with a quarterback who is confident in what he is doing. And it, it could be pretty magical, and it could be something that will be fun to watch. I know it will be very intriguing on Sunday. Intriguing for the Bengals as well. They take on Pittsburgh this week, coming off of uh, a pretty solid beatdown in terms of physical beatdown by the Bears up front. Joe Burrow, you'll hear from him up next. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. All sports, all the time, and whatever it is Common Man and T-Bone do, we still don't know. The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. Bo is well-groomed. James brings the boom. You're listening to Bishop and Laurinaitis. An intriguing one for the Bengals this week, taking on Pittsburgh. Division game, obviously, so that adds to it. And the condition of the two teams. This would be different if, if T.J. Watt, we don't know his his circumstances in this one at this point, I don't believe. Uh, ben Roethlisberger dealing with injuries as well. The Pittsburgh offense has been less than stellar uh, early on this season. They still have a lot of the other talent. I think the thing that would be alarming if I were Joe Burrow would be Cam Hayward and his ability to just collapse 
the middle of his offensive line, which is the, the weakness of the Bengals' offensive line as well. Um, here is Joe Burrow on the Steelers' prolific pass rush. They have great players and great scheme to back it up. And they have T.J. Watt and Cam Hayward. Now they got Melvin Ingram over there. You know, we played him last year too. He's a really good player. So you know, they got a lot of different guys that can create pressure from a lot of different ways. What do you do if if you're uh, if you're the Bengals? How do you how do you get the ball out of Burrow's hand? How do you develop confidence for him? Um, how do you protect him? A lot of Joe Mixon on the ground. Yeah, a lot of screens. Um, how do you slow down a pass rush? I mean, that's that's an age old deal. Um, you have to do screens. I thought Peyton Manning brought up a great point on Monday. Okay. Um, when you're running a screen, I never understood play action screens, but he said you have to give a bad fake because if you rush through those motions of the play action, coordinators think that when you hit them with play action, the linebackers are going to step up, realize it's play action, turn and run in zone coverage. Now you have to hit it when they're in zone coverage, right? Because then the linebackers dig. Because when you step up, so usually a linebacker plays at four yards deep, right? Four to five yards deep. Your typical hook zone drop in cover three is typically about 12 yards deep, depending on down and distance, right? If it's deeper down and distance, get deeper. Duh. If it's less, you know, maybe you can be a little shallower. But when you take two or three steps up, you've gotten dang near to the line of scrimmage. So you can't just backpedal. Nobody's that athletic. You have to turn and sprint to get to your landmark and look up the deep over routes, the crossers, all of that stuff. Um, so, and even sometimes it doesn't work. But when you're doing that and your back's turned, now you hit them with the screen. Boom. Problem is, are they man coverage? Well, if they're man coverage, that lineman then has to be able to block the one dude responsible for him, man. Right? And if you can't, then the play's blown up. But screens slow down the pass rush. They slow down the pass yeah. rush. If the timing is right. Now, it's lazy just to say screen. you got to call the right screens. Right, because as Peyton was saying, if you call a screen where you do play action, the quarterback rushes through it. Well, now the linebackers in zone are right up in the line of scrimmage, and they're there to make the play because they haven't even turned around and, and dug for depth yet. So it's all about the fakes and when you hit them and all that. I I think that there's ways to get the ball out of his hand fast horizontally. You know, can we slow down the pass rush? Like, how do you lull the pass rush to sleep? It's running the football at him. It's doing some screens to try to slow them down. It's throwing it sideline to sideline, horizontally, quick, so that the pe- the D line gets tired. They're putting their hand in the ground, trying to get north yeah. south and get after Joe. And now they're having to run and pursuit and pursuit and pursuit and go go go. Um, but you can't sit back there and think you can do a five step damn drop, you know, no. and and hit these deep routes. It's not in your game plan. Now, if you're running the ball effectively. Now we can hit play action, take that one shot, or the bootleg, take that one opportunity. But the problem is when you don't have the interior protection, you don't have eight, nine, ten, you know, deep play, you know, deep routes that you can hit. You're paired down to two or three, and that's only if the ground game is effective. If the ground game isn't effective, then you're really in a well, what the heck do we call? You know, if we're two scores down, what the heck do we call? And it's in the second half, and we can't run the football. You know, that's where the Bengals' margin for error is so small because of those things. Well, both these teams would like to run it. I think Pittsburgh would like to be able to run it. They have shown no ability to run it at this point. This is actually a monster game for both of them, I think. They both come in. It's showing that no matter how good Najee Harris is, if you don't have the O-line to get it done. And they struggled running the football a year ago, and you thought, okay, yeah. they made some changes in the O-line, new running back, they got the, the stud out of Bama. 
it, there still isn't a gelling there. There's no, no. movement on the O line, and Najee and Ben are on the wrong page. It seems ben like can in the hit past him on a game. check down. Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy how yeah. they can't how they can't hit that. Najee's yeah. playing basically every play. He never yeah. comes out. He's great in pass pro. He he's he gets open on checkdowns, and they just haven't been able to create any sort of connection. I, I think he's yeah. a special player, and I think they have big plans for him, but they got to find a way to unlock him. And I think both of these – this is a big one for both. Yeah. Both of these teams coming in at one and one, and huge questions, I think, for both teams. Pittsburgh probably feels a little bit better about themselves because they got that win over Buffalo uh, under their belt. But but I think I think this is a, I think this is a monster for, for both. Um, boy. You you give college football uh, administrators uh, a chance to have a meeting, and they'll have one. Not only that, they'll book a second. Uh, we will get to that. Before we do, though, join Matt Andrews, Tyvis Powell, Friday night under the lights for the Fans High School Football Game of the Week. Coverage of this week's matchup, Hilliard-Bradley at UA. It starts Friday at 6.30 on the Fan. Catch highlights and scores from high school football games around Central Ohio on 1st and 10, Friday nights at 11.15 on 10 TV. The latest or lack of latest from the college football playoff expansion committee. We get to that coming up next. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. A show that knows its limitations. He'll learn to control that. You're listening to Bishop and Laurinaitis. All right, second hour here on The Fan. You love meetings for meetings, right? You love a meeting for a meeting. Yeah. And then to schedule more meetings. It's like Shelly's... Post-it notes that you know say make a to-do list. Oh. <laughs> right. Uh, before we get into that, though, join the fan for the Ozone Tailgate on Lane, the best game day tailgate in town. You can catch the pregame show with Matty Ice and Tyvis Powell. Listen to live music. Watch the game if you're headed inside. If you're not headed inside, rather, and be sure to bring some cash for your favorite tailgate refreshments. The Ozone Tailgate on Lane is sponsored by TNT Equipment, Pepsi Zero, Capital City Concrete, and Corona. We will see you on Saturday for the game. Um, all right, so the College Football Playoff Committee met in Dallas yesterday, um, and Bill Hancock, who is the uh, the boss, John said, Hancock, <laughs> no, Bill, oh, his yeah. nephew, uh, said uh, released a statement saying, "quote There are still issues Herbie to Hancock. be discussed." <laughs> Sorry, Herbie would be more competent. I couldn't. Um, I couldn't resist. It's okay. fair. Uh, oh, he said I'm issues. A to still be discussed regarding the 12-team playoff. So they're going to meet next week in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is what they do. This is what administrators do. Uh, you go stay at the Four Seasons or something of the, of the something similar in Dallas, and you eat a great meal, and you expense it all, and you have uh, a meeting, and then mm-hmm. you fly back home, and you say, boy, we could do this again in Chicago. they got great hotels and great food in Chicago. <laughs> Maybe we do that too. It's a great time uh, of year to get up there. Yeah, Fantastic nice and, time. Fall yeah. in Chicago, it's beautiful. Yep, yep. Um, little walk on Lake Michigan, and uh, before it gets too cold, let's go to Chicago, and let's meet up in Big Ten country, and we'll, we'll show them. Yeah. Um, here's the deal here. The needle they're trying to thread is a, has become a pretty complicated one, right? Because mm-hmm. you now have, with the SEC adding Texas and Oklahoma, you now have someone who has taken from one of the other people at this table. And not only taken, they've taken the, the best presence under the tree. From, from from the other kid, right? I mean, that's what yeah. they've done. So, in and in doing so, they have set themselves up, I believe, and I talked to somebody from the SEC, covers the SEC, been around it uh, last weekend. We had a long discussion about this, and, and he is kind of where, where I am and where I think you are on what the SEC's plan here is long-term, yeah. which is Premier League of college football. Yeah. If you don't play here, you don't matter. 
You hear it in their coaches. Uh, they're going to start to minimize record because they're going to talk about the quality of schedule they play. This has been happening for a while. It's only going to get worse when you have Texas and Oklahoma in that league. And so when you talk about playoff expansion now, you have a behemoth in the SEC that got stronger. You've got a television partner in ESPN that is partners with the SEC that is now stronger. You have programs in that league that will be making upwards of $100 million a year from their television deals, right? Mm-hmm. And that yep. partnership with ESPN. Buddy of mine, I told you this, he goes, he's worried about Florida State being, ending up like Purdue. He goes, if the pro, if, can you imagine that? And I said, well, you watch him now. You say, that's not that far off. I was talking to a guy who played at uh, University of Miami yesterday about this, about how there's no money. And he's like, yeah. what are we, we going to do here? And he said to me, he said, what's going to happen when the University of Kentucky starts making $100 million a year and they start to say, hey, we're going to start playing football that matters here. Right. And they start paying. Like, yep. no one's thought about that part of it. And that's yep. the reality of all of this. So that's that side. On the other side, you have, quote, the alliance of everybody else that's yep. fighting for the rest of it. And you have another television partner in Fox. You also have the abstract television partners in Amazon, Apple, mm-hmm. YouTube TV. Yep. Do they want to get involved in this? Yep. So now you're trying to decide, amidst all of that, can we go from 4 to 12? Do we open up the bidding from a television standpoint from 4 to 12? And how do we make sure that the SEC stays engaged in these conversations? And I'm telling you, folks, you may think I'm nuts, but I'm telling you it's true. The SEC could do with or without this. Yep. They don't need it. Nope. The SEC has, we've talked about this at length, established themselves last year as the authority in college football. And they have continued that with the bold move of Texas and Oklahoma. I'm not convinced that they're done. Um, everyone Nor else is I. playing catch up. Yeah. So, as Apple and Amazon are out there fishing, you know, and they're, it makes you really wonder do you have faith in the Big Ten Conference to go out there? We were so bold years ago starting the Big Mm -hmm. Ten Network, making the alliance with Fox, and we see where that thing has grown to now. That was Jim Delaney. Mm -hmm. Do we have any hope that Kevin Warren's going to have any insight to be like, you know what, we should do a one-off game on just on Amazon or on Apple. That's the future of television. Maybe we should do that and see if we can sell up. No, let's let's wait and see what the SEC does. We've got to study it. We like studying things. Yeah. Studying the landscape. We like using our AAU universities to really dive deep and study the numbers. I'm telling you, this this thing, this this conversation that's being taken place in terms of the future of the sport and the expansion of the playoff, this is our first window into what I think is going to be a constant stress between. The SEC and everybody else. Because there is no incentive. There's very little incentive for the SEC to not get what they want. They have the backing of the biggest television entity in the sport. Yeah. Yeah. They have they have as many brands in their league, now with Texas and Oklahoma. They have as many brands. And again, we're making television shows here, guys. We've got to remember that. Yeah. We're making television shows. They have as many brands in their league 
Is it fair to say, I don't want to overstep, is it fair to say they have as many brands in their league as the other conferences combined? Um, It's close. It's close. I mean, we I, still, there's still four up here. Thing there's still like, Ohio I, State, Notre Dame, Michigan, Penn State. Like those yeah, are, I still those think are bedrock, the, like bedrock Michigan, brands. Notre Dame, those brands still yeah, hit deeper sure. than Auburn. For sure. They still no hit deeper than... Um, I would even say USC brand still hits deeper. I agree. But that, USC is the only one out west. It's the only one. Like there's nothing in the when Midwest I think of like other than the ones you mentioned. Amazing Rose Bowl games. I think they're always involving the Trojans. Right. Like I know there were some great ones with Arizona State in there, and I. I but no one. That's so. Those are little blips on the radar. That's like people saying, "Oh, I have great Rose Bowl histories of of Wisconsin." Well, okay, they have a couple moments. But when you think of the Rose Bowl, you think Ohio State. And you think Michigan, yep. and you think those teams against basically USC. That's right. <laughs> you know, and I understand there's little hiccups here and there, and there's other games that were played, but that those are the brands. You yep. throw Notre Dame in there for sure. The the hard thing is that the old brands that like were part of my childhood growing up, the U, Florida State, seem to have like have no money, no support, and no future hope for their programs. There is tremendous concern at the two schools you just mentioned about their future. Yeah. Tremendous concern. Um, and those are programs who, if you, you're doing a, you're writing a book on the last 25 years of college football, those two programs are featured prominently in yeah. college football. And there is a feeling that they don't, they don't have a spot. Yeah. You know, Clemson's yep. in the same boat. The difference is they're still winning and they still have, Somehow, Dabo has carved out the niche that he's able to carve out. But the other, the two Florida schools are in big time trouble, and they know it's going to get worse. They know yeah. it's going to get worse as the money gets bigger and bigger from a different standpoint. Look, what what and this is the part that sucks about all of this. What makes this sport so great is it is a secular institution, right? Mm-hmm. We from where you are in the country, you can you could have fine programs that that were good. And you could live yep. anywhere in the country, and you could find them to, to grab onto and say in, on any given Saturday. And, heck, I mean, even I'm a man, I'm 40. Washington won a national championship in yep. my lifetime. Colorado won a national championship in my lifetime. If you're – Georgia Tech won a national championship. It's been a long time, though, since we've had a new national champion. And yep. it's only going to get worse. It's only going to get worse based on this. So you talk about a 14 playoff, a 12 team playoff. This is going to come down to a couple of things. It's really going to come down to one thing. How can we monetize this? Yep. How can we maximize the money on this? And then how do we make sure that the SEC takes part in this? Right. And is a full partner in this and is locked in. And I'm telling I you, th- if you do, if you're, if you're trying to say, you know, however many conference champions hosting, you cannot treat. And I, I put us in the boat with with the SEC. So this, I'm speaking of the interests of both in this case because we are the we view the sport the same way. You cannot have a, a one of these conference champions get autom- like an ace. You can't have that. Can you ha- can you afford to let the new Big Twelve have an automatic bid? Well, that's the hard. That's gonna be the hardest conversation that they're gonna have to have amongst this. Yeah, Bowlesby's they're in gonna there. Have, they're going to have to have the conversation, does the Big 12 remain a Power 5? Yeah. Because under the old conversations of expansion, they were they were saying it's the top-ranked, what was the top five, what was the top four conference champions, top five conference, I don't know, yeah. one of those things. 
Um, I forget the details, but it was the top. It was top six ranked, top six champions, yeah. champions, and yeah. so that was any conference though. Correct. It wasn't just Power Five. So that so if you are the champion of the Big Twelve, the new Big Twelve, and yet there's a. For example, the Pac-12 would have been left out last year because UC and Coastal Carolina were higher. Yes. So it's a good example. Pac-12 would have been out. AAC and I don't even know what the hell Coastal Carolina's in. Sunbelt? Are they Sunbelt? What are they? I think that's right. Okay. That was a good guess. I I, I sounded somewhat (laughs) confident. But anyway... um, that those that's the situation that we, I I like that it is the sixth highest ranked conference champions because look and this is more for what I like out of the state of college football in order to keep college football to get some kind of parity back you have to include the entire country so a top six you would think more often than not the Pac-12 would be involved in that conversation so it gets somebody from the West Coast interested in the tournament because right now nobody on the West thinks that they'll be included right now there's hope that Oregon will carry them but Oregon can't slip up once all that pressure that's going to mount on that team that hasn't dealt with this before they've usually been out of the conversation but before the the non-conference I mean Herbie was just talking about Bo Nix's unbelievable comeback against them you know, early two seasons ago when Herbert was there, and it was it was over. Like, their dreams yeah. were done then. So they can't slip up one. Even no. with the beat, the win of Ohio State, if, the, if Oregon loses, it isn't like, oh, yeah, but they beat Ohio State. No, if Oregon loses, the Pac-12's reputation is such that that crushes Ohio State. It's not like a benefit to Oregon. Oh, well, yeah, they, they really beat Ohio State at the shoe. No, it becomes, gosh, Ohio State really isn't that good because Oregon lost it. It becomes this whole little trickle-down effect. You just mentioned it with UCLA on Monday. UCLA oh, they just lost losing. all respect. They just like, lost all respect nationally. Yeah. Right. They they lose. They're they're gonna lose because they lost to Fresno State. Yep. And it'll be oh at Orgeron at LSU. And by the way, I assure you, someone in the SEC West is going to get credit for beating LSU. Yep. I promise you that'll happen. Bama's still getting credit for beating Miami. Right. Right. When you could argue Michigan State looked just as impressive, and the thing is, oh, oh I mean, but Bama beat them so bad that Miami gave up on the season. No, they didn't. That's Miami the, was desperate of it. Saturday. Yeah, Miami was desperate to save their season, and Michigan State went down there and out physical them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean you, you'll see that, and that narrative is yeah. going to be spun. And, and in that Greg sense, Greg McElroy leading the charge, right? And in that sense, the SEC is bulletproof. They really are. Yep they can they can do whatever they want because they be, they they all believe it, and yep. because of what they've done on the biggest stage, mostly Bama, they get a tremendous benefit of the doubt. Yep. And I think a lot of it's deserved, again, mostly because of Bama and what Bama's yep. done. Um, that's been the difference maker. Um, all right. Going to be interesting to see where this goes. And I think you understand. You, we did, you, you think about all the things that have been said. That's how complicated this is going to be, guys. It's gonna, there's so many factors at play on putting together putting this thing together. It, it, yep. It's going to be tough. Be very Let alone difficult. the egos in that room of just... Oh, gosh. I mean, remember the comments right away? We're not expanding since the SEC did this. We can't go right. to 12 teams. So it's all this fighting back and forth when it comes to it. It's going to be challenging. It's going to be very challenging. The Big Ten East is shaping up to be quite challenging as well. Uh, our spot in that and how that side of this league has fared quite well. Here's a hint. We get into that coming up next. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. Winners of the prestigious Platinum Microphone Award every year. Given to the best radio station in the world. 
no need to look it up. It's real. The fan. Simultaneously passing the eye test, the smell test, and the ear test. Huge win. That's a big win. This is Bishop and Laurinaitis. My friends, the mortgage rates have plummeted. They are at the lows of the year. Your home value is at the high of the year. And you can take advantage of this situation with my friends at Neighborhood Lenders. You can refinance right now with Neighborhood Lender. Pay zero closing costs. Even skip the next couple of house payments altogether. They do this at Neighborhood Lender. Neighborhood Lender makes refinancing easy. All digital, super fast platform. There's no paperwork, no junk fees, no big bank hassle. You can refinance now and save the rate of your lifetime and lower your house payment with no closing costs. Or you can refinance, get cash out of your home's equity. People are getting forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars out of their home. They're paying off credit cards, remodeling the kitchen. You need to act now, though, to get a better loan. Get cash out. Lower your payment. Pay zero in closing costs and skip your next house payment altogether. Give my friends at Neighborhood Lender a call. 614-882-LOAN. That is 614-882-LOAN. NeighborhoodLender.com. It's an equal housing lender. NMLS 69349. Not all loans apply for no closing cost option and subject to lender approval. I saw this yesterday from... um, uh, a comment from James Franklin as we, we get into our uh, Big Ten East conversation. This is from, from James Franklin yesterday. who was asked about Micah Parsons, and Franklin went on the record. He said, we lost Micah last year because of the way the season was handled by the Big Ten. But obviously, you guys know, we all know, what a difference maker he is. I think he was a steal at 12. I think Dallas got a steal at 12. We walk hand in hand with Penn State on this stuff, man, when it comes mm-hmm. to football. Yeah. I mean, they are. It's them. It's Nebraska. It's us. Iowa. Like yep. those are the ones that that think like. And he's right. Yep. He's right. If that season was handled differently, Micah Parsons probably would have played last year at Penn State. And yep. He's a pretty dang good player. Yep. Sure yeah. is. I mean, you so, imagine him on that field last year with Brandon Smith, the Big Ten Defensive Player of the Week. Um, Jason Owe. Jason Owe. Yeah. I mean, there there's a lot of stuff right that. Just yeah. would, that disrupted. I thought it was a good point um, yesterday. I think when, when we had our guest on about the way they started the season with that debatable call week one against mm-hmm. Michael Penix. Um, just the mistake not to get down. Remember they scored and he wanted he wanted the running back to get down to kill clock. Yes, and he didn't do it, and so he scored, and then that's how Indiana gets the ball. I mean. All those things that go wrong, and then to have the machine of Ohio State come in there with the whiteout with no whiteout, right, with no people, right, and just put it on them like that, all of their hopes were crushed. Yeah. And so we had a sense that they'd be a little better. Um, you still feel like there's a cap because of Sean Clifford. Yeah. But that defense might be good enough. They still have talent all over the place. Um. Well, here's here's something. You mentioned this coming out of calling the Michigan game, and I think it applies right now three programs for sure. Now, I have not seen Rutgers play yet, and I have not seen Maryland play yet. Yeah. Um, but the three that I have seen play uh, quite a bit, Penn State a lot, Michigan and Michigan State, the word's belief. Yeah, Belief matters, man. Belief yeah. matters. Penn State and Michigan have both recruited in top ten in the country in the last five, six years. Like that the last class for Penn State wasn't great, but previous to that, they've recruited at a decent level. Not yeah. our level, not an elite level, but a really good level and, and a top 10 level in the country. And now all of a sudden you have that. And you always said this in the, in the lead up to the season. Look, Penn State's got guys. Yep. It's not like they don't have guys. They got guys. They got talent. Yep. Uh, well, now they have belief. Now they have belief because they, they win in the opener. 
against Wisconsin. Then they win at home against an SEC team in a whiteout. Yep. And now you start to believe a little bit. And you even see it with Clifford. He was a lot better against Penn, against uh, Auburn than he was against Wisconsin. Significantly yeah. better yep. against Auburn than he was against Wisconsin. So there's belief in him. You call New coordinator, Michigan. too. So he should yeah. get better as the year goes on. Absolutely. As him and Yersich continue to build that thing. But, yeah. There's and belief third in Michigan. coordinator in three years. Yeah. There's belief at Michigan State. Yep. This division is pretty dang interesting. We're going to start getting into it next week with Rutgers. Um, but but those every single three team teams, in this in the East believes intrigue. in their head coach. Yeah, it's a great. Point. That's the thing that's interesting. Like the Maryland players, they did not look good against Illinois offensively, which was surprising. Their defense carried the torch. But you see, after the win, the way Talia goes up and hugs Coach Loxley, and you see that team believes in Coach. Yeah, right. They believe in in the direction and they care. You see it at Rutgers. Those guys are are all in. You know, they they believe in in Graciano and where they're taking them. The people around New Jersey believe that he's getting them back to bowl games. Yeah. Like if you read the articles, I know they haven't played anybody, but they're three and zero, and you're saying, oh, they're halfway there. Can they sneak three wins? Now I'll say before the season, they thought Michigan State was going to be one of those. Now Michigan State looks to be, who you know, that's a. That's a big one. The challenge for those types of schools, and I think Indiana got over that hump a year ago, but there's you know there's a little bit of a setback here. But the idea is, do you do you ignore the emblem on the helmet, right? Like if you're Rutgers this week, do you ignore the wings on the helmet? Last year you had a you had them at triple overtime, yeah. in Piscataway. Do you still have that belief or the fact that they're ranked and Michigan's better? And now last year Michigan comes in, they're stumbling. Joe Milton isn't really the answer. They might play Cade McNamara, you know, blah, 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 all this. And Rutgers is overachieving. Well, now it looks like Michigan's back. They're yeah. ranked. Do the wings on the helmet scare you? Or are you, no, we played toe-to-toe with this team a year ago. Is it a, is it a battle? Do the Buckeye leaves intimidate you? You know, like if you're Maryland, you go up against the Buckeyes or Penn State, like in the ranking. So, Last year stripped away a lot of that intimidation factor because the crowds and atmospheres and all that. But regardless, each one of those teams has belief in their head coach and that they're going the right way. Absolutely. Absolutely they do. And I'll tell you what, I love the way Greg Schiano plays against us. Yep. Reverse passes, reverses on kick return, onside kicks. There's belief in him. Absolutely yep. there is. They're not where they're not where he wants to get, and I think it's a tough road to get to where he wants to get, but there's yep. belief. This we're it's a nice start for the Big Ten East. And this is good for us because these games are going to be intriguing. Right? Yep. When Michigan State goes down there and puts it on Miami, that helps, man. That helps yep. big time. Uh what Penn State Penn State has done a tremendous job this season. Going to Wisconsin and winning. Winning at home against Auburn. That's a good job. Michigan finding a little bit of belief. That's a good job. We got to keep. We got to do our part too now here, and we're going to get a chance to do it starting next week uh, with, with Rutgers as we get into conference play. A big one for the Big Ten this weekend. Uh, it is the national game of the week as well. It is Notre Dame. It is Wisconsin. Uh, when we talk Notre Dame, we like to talk to Pete Sampson, the athletic. We'll ask him about Notre Dame's spot in the college football playoff expansion conversation. We'll ask him how Marcus is doing on the defense and about this matchup with the Badgers. That is coming up next. Bishop and Laurinaitis, right here on the fan. We know you're listening to The Fan on Saturday, and now you have no reason not to listen on Sunday. Your Central Ohio home for the Browns, The Fan. Big in Montana, and also Minnesota, and everywhere else, too. You're listening to Bishop and Laurinaitis.
Buckeyes and Akron on Sunday at the Shoe. We've got tickets, two of them, to give away to you. Let's go sixth collar at 821-9710. Chopper will take care of you on that front. Uh, the big game of the weekend will be taking place between Notre Dame and Wisconsin. And for some perspective on that and where the Irish are uh, this season, we had our good buddy Pete Sampson covers Notre Dame for the Athletic. Pete, thanks for taking the time. Before we before we jump into the game and the, and the Irish season so far, in, in an ideal world, what does Notre Dame want the college football playoff expansion to look like? 12 teams. I mean, it's, uh, when your athletic director is one of the four people – Coming up with a proposal, I think it's it's pretty transparent what you want, right? Like the the twelve teams works for Notre Dame, it works for the SEC. I mean, I think it works for everybody. So, uh, eight teams is not really much of an improvement if you're Notre Dame uh, from four, but twelve would be. So, yeah, twelve twelve is definitely the the focus up here. Real, real quick follow up on that: um, How did they view? the Texas-Oklahoma raid from the SEC. Does that create any waves? Do you take notice of that at all? Uh, I mean, you can't help but notice it, right? Um, but in terms of creating waves, I don't think so. It's, I mean, Notre Dame is in a position right now where they're secure in their independence, but you got to pay attention to what's going on in the college football world, and that's a big thing to pay attention to. So it, I don't think it changes Notre Dame's position, but I mean, you, you got to figure out, okay, what are the repercussions three, four steps down the road? And at that point, do the ripple effects get from Austin and Norman all the way to South Bend? We, we just don't know yet. Pete, what's been your assessment so far of the Fighting Irish? You know, week one seemed like a great game against Florida State. Florida State sense has not helped bolster Notre Dame's resume or confidence. Um, just, just what, what's been your overall reaction to the team? You, you know, they undefeated. Uh, Wisconsin doesn't. I mean, they don't look good at all against Penn State. Um, but there's, I'm sure there's still juice for this game being at Soldier Field. It's big noon kick, all that fun stuff. But just, what's your assessment of the Fighting Irish so far? Underwhelming in some ways. Uh, I think that the the offensive line is a huge concern right now, um, and I don't I don't think unless you've sort of watched Notre Dame pretty closely, you know kind of where that is. It's um, they have not been able to run the ball at all. Um, they don't protect Jack Cohn particularly well, um, and despite that, I mean the offense has put up a bunch of explosive plays, but at some point you can't you can't fake your way through a bad offensive line. Uh, that's going to get you at some point. It might be this weekend against Wisconsin. It might be the weekend after against Cincinnati. But I think you should, as soon as you run in a deep, well-coached defense, um, your offensive line can't play as poorly as Notre Dame's has, and you can't expect to, to keep winning. Pete, does it annoy them that teams get bye weeks before they play Notre Dame? <laughs> it does. I think there's also an acceptance of, like, this is the tax of being independent. Um, okay. You know, you, you can't get everything you want. Um, Notre Dame gets a lot of it, but this is just kind of one of those things. And, like, I get it, right? Like, if you're a conference, you take care of your teams in your conference. Mm-hmm. And Notre Dame – like, if Notre Dame was going 6-6 six and six every year, I don't think these teams would have a bye before Notre Dame. But Notre Dame's going to the playoff, and they're winning 10 games. Like, Notre Dame is a big game. So, I get it. Um, I think Notre Dame is just sort of, like, resigned to the fact that this is how business is done in college football. Mm. Pete, I, I, I'm, as you go forward and you look down the pipe with Notre Dame, how confident are you against the Badgers for a victory at Soldier Field? I, I'm assuming will be 
a strong Irish crowd um, there. I think people. I don't think people really realize the the strength of the Fighting Irish when it comes to Chicago um, and their presence. But also, I mean, looking ahead to what will be the father son family reunion the next week with mm-hmm. Bearcats coming in and and you know Marcus and Luke having to awkwardly bro hug like in stepbrothers <laughs> exactly my level of confidence this weekend is low um for the reasons i talk about i mean i think that a bad offensive line is not how you're going to beat wisconsin nor is it how you're going to beat cincinnati so that's nordin's offensive line will have to do something on saturday that it has not done all year um and the same thing will be true against cincinnati so the idea of notre dame being confident going this game. I mean, never mind the fact that they're basically a little less than a touchdown underdog. Like, I don't think Notre Dame has a lot to be confident about. Um, they're they have an advantage in this, in this game for sure. I mean, Wisconsin's secondary is not great. It's banged up. Um, if Notre Dame can protect it all, they should be able to hit some deep shots. So, but confidence is not. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say I'm overly confident in Notre Dame this weekend. Pete, how's it how's it gone for Marcus? I mean, we've seen some of the big gash plays. Obviously, I watched him against Florida State, but you lose track of, of the games in between. I know that that eats him up. Um, obviously, a lot of hype with the hiring. Where where is the defense matched, and and how is how is his system fitting in with with their talent? It got a lot better against Purdue. Um, I mean, it, the the big plays were bad. They were just like really hard to explain, frankly, against Florida State and Toledo. And you're, you're sitting there thinking, like, all right, this, this is not what Notre Dame hired, um, nor do I think this is what Marcus thinks defense should look like. So against Purdue, their longest play in the first half was 11 yards. Um, for the first time all year, you saw Marcus go to six defensive backs in a dime package, and Purdue couldn't do anything against it. So I think it, it just took some time for Marcus to figure out, okay, these are my players. This is what they can do in a game. This is how much I can play them. This is what they can't do, so I'm not going to ask them to do it. Um, so it was – I think he sort of figured out what he's got, and it, it took a few games to get there. But I always felt, even after Toledo, that, like, Marcus is going to get this figured out. And Notre Dame's defense might not be, like, elite this year, but it's going to be really good. And I think what you saw against Purdue was the signs of, you know, what should be a very, very good defense. Pete, I'm assuming there's a lot of um, you rare, very rarely see this in college football. You see it a lot in the pros, you know, where because of the transfer portal and having Jack Cohn, there's a lot of insider information. Like he knows Coach Leonard's defense in and out. Just what's his demeanor hold been this week facing the Badgers? It's got to be a weird feeling knowing that you're starting against a bunch of guys that that you used to be in the locker room with. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's even to the point like when he showed up at Notre Dame to move in. He had some of his former teammates at Wisconsin help him move. So it's, um, <laughs> he's really, he's really close with those guys. Um, yeah. so I, I think there will be a little bit of weirdness there, but there, I mean, you've seen like Notre Dame ran into this last year when they played Boston college and Phil Dracovic, like there was like some actual animosity there. Um, I don't get the sense that that exists with Jack Cohn. Like I think he really likes Wisconsin. Um, he doesn't like how it ended, but I don't think there's like a villain in this story necessarily. So yeah. it's a little bit weird. You know, Jack Cohn has been really low key about like, look, I don't know Jim Leonard's defense um, and the way that I could coach it. Like I'm not helping um, Tommy Reese this week put together the game plan any differently than any <laughs> other week. So it, um, 
I think it'll be fun. Um, it's kind of one of the, it's a cool sidebar story, but I don't think it has necessarily like that sort of hero and villain juice that a lot of some of these transfer stories have. Oh man, I thought you were going to give us another segment. Yeah, I, I thought we were going to say, you know, Cone's, <laughs> Cone's so Cone's revenge. Merch. You know, he's going to say, "Hey, told you you messed up. You chose the wrong guy." You know, I thought you were going to yeah, give us. Yeah, now something. it's like I'll be at if if you talk to his sort of support system back home in Long Island. You hear some different stuff, but like I, I think Jack, I take Jack Cohn at his word. Like that, look, he has a lot of respect for Wisconsin. These are his best friends on that team. Um, he wants to obviously win the game, but there's not like just this burning animosity that's keeping him up at night watching like you know 25 and a half hours of film per day. Pete, you're the best man. Thanks for your time today. Hey, anytime. Thanks, guys. Love having Pete on talking a little bit of Irish and a big one for them against Wisconsin, uh, on Saturday at Soldier Field. And you're right. It, Chicago, it, for, it's Notre Dame. It's Notre it, Dame. It's, and it's way up there in Chicago. Like, mm-hmm. it's up, it's way up there, like the way that they, you know, like, it's not Cubs, Bears, but it's, it's, it's their team of record is it Notre is. Dame. There's no yep. question. There's no question yep. about it. Um, all right. We hit thing or not a thing up next. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on the fan. On air, online, on the app. New methods of consumption. Same great radio taste. Take us with you everywhere. The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. Hey. Pushing the limit of how many times you can say the word thing in one show. That's the next thing. That is the next thing. This is Bishop and Laurinaitis. And speaking of things, time for a little thing or not a thing. Chopper's here. Go, Chops. Bishop and Laurinaitis. Thing or not a thing. Sponsored by Geico Insurance. All right, we're going to start out with this, which is a little bit of playing telephone, but here's what's reported. Broncos head coach Vic Fangio says that Urban Meyer told him before their game Sunday, quote, every week is like playing Alabama in the NFL. Thing or not a thing? Well, uh... Yeah, I think the overarching, it is a thing. From the standpoint of, not this particular comment, um, you know, you're making small talk with the coach, and I think it's kind of strange that, that Fangio would go public with it. That being said, I've we talked about this, and, and I, Urban was so tunnel-focused on his job in college, as a college football coach that yeah. my hunch is he didn't watch much NFL, if any, um, yeah. and was, was probably not even aware... Of, of how NFL teams are, are entirely put together. You say, Bo, that's crazy. How's it possible? I'm telling you, that's how focused he was as a, as a college football coach. That's how yep. relentlessly focused he was on it. And that's why he was so great. But I think he's learning a lot of things. There was the, the mic pickup in, in Hard Knocks where he tells, um, when, he, when he was on the, on, the phone with, or, uh, on the field with McCarthy, where he says, man, all you do is, all this is is football. I'm like, well, yeah, coach, you're not recruiting. Yeah. Right, yeah. so this this is a thing because I don't know if he was entirely aware of what he was getting into. I it doesn't surprise me that Vangio would do this because there is such an elitist attitude, yeah, with NFL coaches when it comes to college fo- uh, football mm-hmm. and the game of college football. Um. I've experienced it with just people like, you know, like when they talk about the way coaches would just talk about the college game. You know, like when you watch it on Sunday, you see how much more sophisticated the defensive schemes are. You know, the difference is, and look, it's a difference. Like it's it's obviously higher level of talent, but it's also this paring down of 
if you can't execute what I'm asking you on defense, I can fire you mm-hmm. and go find somebody else. Where in college, like you have to cater the schemes. Like, there's numerous times I've talked to Coach Fick about like what we used to do and our adjustments and this and that. And he'd be like, I can't do that with college kids. Like we'd have busted coverages every single you know snap. Like there is a paring down. Yeah. It's higher to higher level. It's, it's it's you know higher level education up there as far as football smarts. So I'm saying all that because it doesn't surprise me because I think he put it out there as a. Almost like I, I could be misreading it, but as like a shot across the bow to I the agree. rest of like the NFL, the NFL coaching, you know, right. group saying, "I agree with that." This college guy coming up here, mm-hmm. and they were the same way with Saban. Saban's respected up there in the league, but there still is a. They were the same way with Spurrier. It is very much. And then if college guys from the NFL go down the coach college, they're like, "Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, this is." Oh well, I'm just trying What's to get the some- biggest difference with Saban though. Like he was an NFL assistant first. Yes, he was. Yep. With Belichick. So, yep. He's a made man, so to speak. Urban he is, is not. a made man. Yep. Kirk France was also on that staff. NFL yep. on CBS pointing this out. Patriots home record under Bill Belichick with Tom Brady, 121 and 20, with all other QBs, 14 and 14. Thing or not a thing? Gosh. <laughs> I mean, obviously, the sample size uh, isn't that big. That, that, they have so much on Mac Jones, and I think it's what drives Belichick, right? Because Brady yep. has validated himself, right? Yep. As if he needed to. Um, but Belichick has a lot riding on Mac Jones. Because if, if he can win with Jones and a second quarterback, because I do think it's competitive between the two of them. Yep. Yep. I think that naturally it's competitive. Um and I don't think it's like a, they, I don't think they despise one another. I think it's a healthy competitiveness. I think obviously Tom has the upper hand, but there's so many factors, right? Yeah. You take the, the best quarterback to ever do it out of the locker room. Of course, no matter who the head coach is, Vince Lombardi ain't getting anything done. You know what I yeah. mean with that roster last year? So it's, so it's not an apples to apples comparison. If you replaced, it'd be like saying to the Patriots, you know what? You, Tom's leaving. But you guys get Aaron Rodgers now, and now see if Bill can win another one. You know it's not fair because the right. roster he went to in, Buc- in Tampa Bay was incredible. It was yeah. so. It's we not didn't apples realize to how apple, good it but was. Yes, it it drives them. <laughs> you know, we didn't realize yeah. how good it was in Tampa Bay. Yep, yep. The NHL completed its gambling investigation of Evander Kane and said Wednesday it found no evidence that the San Jose Sharks forward bet on his own games. Thing or not a thing? Well, I mean that w- that would be a pretty big thing. This is what. I think this is get, there's less stigma around this than there used to be, but this was always the biggest fear in, in professional sports was the yep. fear of games not being uh, being uh, you know point shaving and all of that stuff. I mean, you can talk about. I'm sure every NFL locker room you were in was say no to gambling, and now the NFL is in bed with gambling, so it's changed a lot. Um, and but but this from from that standpoint, it's about as big as it can get for the NHL and for Kane. Everything that the NFL is concerned about is the reputation of the shield. Yeah. That's why they went to incredible lengths about the PSI and the football. Right. Because the fact that they want to make sure that it is an even playing or an even like an evil an even playing field for every single team, player, no special treatment across the board. The integrity of the game and the shield is what drives Roger Goodell. That and how do I even make this billion, multi-billion dollar machine continue to expand. 
But every time I've been around Raj, and there's been some settings where it's 15 people. Uh, it was just this last time when we were in Phoenix for the Fox thing. It was about 40 people. Mm-hmm. It's been talking to our team. It's almost it's on every single time he speaks. It's about the integrity and how you represent that shield yeah. and the unbelievable responsibility you have. Two more. This tweet from Travion Henderson. Excited to announce I am officially a sponsored Arby's RB. Yes. <laughs> if you're a D1 running back, head to arbys.com slash Arby's to see how you can be sponsored by Arby's 2. Thing or not bucks, a thing. right, for that tweet? 500 bucks, I think, he got for that. Um, nothing just sounds like, hey, I'm going to keep my engine running. At, like, <laughs> you know, I'm driving a Ferrari. Let me put in, you know. There's some, you know. Kerosene? <laughs> yeah. I do yeah. love a big beef and cheddar, though. I mean, listen, back in the day, a, I, dude, a last, back in the day, I used to crush a large Arby's roast beef. Can I get some Arby's sauce and sure horsey and enough sauce on there? The first bite you take, it squirts on, you know, That's right. all over the dang napkin. Oh, gosh, where's it? Come on. You got horsey sauce now on your pants That's for right. the rest of the day. Anyway, delicious. Curly fries. This is, by the way, how I thought it would go. I thought it would be big performance he was i saw him with with our buddy rick reichert as well yeah. um so this is how i thought it would go like big play and then here's the now i do think it'll revert back a little bit we're all everyone's yeah. trying to figure this out right now nobody knows exactly how they're going to get their bang for their buck when of you're in business quinn yours is a huge test study now huge you know 1.4 mil um, scout team quarterback Scout team quarterback asked Coach Day yesterday, or was it Tuesday when they asked him, you know, is he going to, do you think we'll see Quinn? He goes, look, it's been really tough on him. It's been hard on him. We just don't have reps to give him this fall because we're trying to get the other guys ready. And so he actually said one of his quotes at the end, I think, was to say that he's got enough reps to go play in a a game, I can't say that. Yeah. I mean, that's why he came in early and everyone thought that he was going to start. Of course. And that's why we kept saying there's no way people. I'm sure that if you if you grabbed him right now and said, "Would you rather be at South Lake Carroll right now?" He'd say, "Yeah, I would. I'd rather be playing my senior year, lighting it up, <laughs> rather than running scout team." He's got the money. It's a shame that he couldn't have just had the money and played high school football in Texas. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Coming up next, we will beat the house, and Justin Fields makes his NFL starting debut in Cleveland. You'll hear from him coming up as well. Bishop and Laurinaitis, right here on the fan. Good news, soccer freaks. The black and gold play here every game all season long. Proud to be your flagship station for the Columbus crew. The fan, Ohio sports destination. Top shelf conversation from top shelf gentlemen. That's a pretty emphatic situation. This is Bishop and Laurinaitis. And join the fan for the Ozone Tailgate on Lane for the best game day tailgate in town. Catch the pregame show with Matty Ice, Tyvis Powell. Listen to live music. And watch the game if you're not headed inside. Be sure to bring cash for your favorite tailgate refreshments. The Ozone Tailgate on Lane, sponsored by Kohler, Buckeye Power Sales, White Claw, your local Columbus Hyundai dealer, and Jack Daniels. We will see you on a Saturday for that one. Boy, we didn't get to your last thing or not a thing. Before we get to beat the house, the Tennessee Titans currently using the Twitter avatar of the Houston Oilers, and their name is the Titans Oilers. What would be the reason... For that, they can't wear the Oilers' uniforms because they can't wear a white hat, and they now have blue hats. And does anybody in Nashville care about the Houston Oilers? No, no, they've been in Tennessee a long time. Like, I mean, when they moved, they first played in Memphis, right? 
Because they didn't have anything. They didn't have Nissan Stadium ready. Right. I wonder why. I, I mean, that's just petty, right? Yeah. You know, like because they wouldn't know. they wouldn't leave the Oilers for the the new Houston team, which I hate. I mean, think yeah, about how cool. Awful. Uh, it's awful. But I think it's yeah. a weird thing that they wouldn't that because they can't wear them. They could wear them next year if they wanted to. But like, are people in Houston? Is are pe- are Nashville people? clamoring to wear Oilers gear? I can't imagine they are. Now, what if the picture has a blue background? What if they're just slapping the Oilers sticker on their blue helmet? Well, there is a, you know, the Oilers did have a blue helmet at one point, but it was a light blue helmet, and they currently have a navy blue helmet. So they could just stick it on there, I guess. But it seems like, I mean, it's a totally different, it's like two different franchises. I know it's the same ownership, but it's two separate franchises and two separate fan bases. It's not like you move from Houston to Austin. Right. You know, you're still in Texas. I mean, Nashville stands on its own. And they've been the Titans for yep. a long time. Could you imagine if the Ravens tried to do a Browns uni? Whew. Yeah, like, I mean, no one would ever, no one is going to want that. It's just like the Oklahoma City Thunder, you know, wearing Sonics yep. throwbacks. Yep. Who in Oklahoma City Who's the City hockey team that does that? it, though? Carolina? Carolina did it, and it's a bad form. They were the yeah. the hab or the um, the Hartford uh, Whalers. Hartford Whalers, yeah, yeah because yep. then Carolina didn't care about it, and Hartford got mad about it, and Hartford got mad about it. So what's the point? Yep. I don't yep. know the market for it. All right, time to beat the house. Go ahead, chops. Beat the house, Bishop and Laurenitis. All right, you guys gained a win back after Bo correctly pointed out that I got one of the. I guess results incorrect, but Bo nine and seven last week. James seven and nine. Bo seventeen and fifteen, seven. just in there at a winning here. record. James has some work to do, but not too bad. Fifteen and seventeen. We'll start with the game Sorry of my career. Seven and nine. We'll start, <laughs> we'll start with the game tonight. We've got the Panthers at the Oilers. Houston minus or Panthers minus eight. Boy, this is um, you rarely see a home dog getting eight and i don't think carolina's gangbusters uh they've been impressive but i mean davis mills is the quarterback in houston so that's a tough spot that is a really tough spot carolina's defense is pretty good i think carolina is going to be able to get mccaffrey going um i hate that it's eight i wish it was six and a half eight just feels right on the edge of too much um and yet i've talked myself into it so give me carolina uh to cover the eight yeah i got the panthers too I think the Panthers, um, you, you factor in short week, quarterback making his first start in Houston, your most productive wide receiver, one of your most productive wide receivers, young guy, Nico Collins, out. Um, Panthers defense is for real, it looks like. Sam Darnold's efficient. You get you know Christian McCaffrey going. I just like how the, I like the Panthers vibe right now, man. Yeah. Um, in a short week, you're going to go with the – the consistent staff, players, all that. Give me the Panthers. On Sunday, we'll start out with the football team at the Bills. Buffalo minus seven and a half. Boy, this is a this is a tough one. Okay, so you're at Buffalo. Noon kick. Washington's D line is incredible, but they're going with Taylor, right? Taylor, Heineke. Yeah, I think so. Um, we had that talk earlier this week. Huh? I should have remembered. Taylor, but anyway, Tyler. yeah, it doesn't matter. One of them. Um, man, how do you judge the Bills? You lose to a not a very good looking Steelers team, 
you know, in bad fashion at home, and then you whoop the Dolphins, but Tua goes down seven and a half. I, I just don't think Washington can score, right? I don't think Washington can score. That's a lot of pressure. Give me Buffalo. Yeah, I'm with you on this one. I don't know that people realize that through for all of the criticism of Baker Mayfield, it seems like he gets it constantly. Josh Allen's completing 56% of his passes on the season. So they whip Miami, but it's not because he's lighting the scoreboard up or the, or the or that the the pass game is going. So uh, I think both those teams struggle to score a little bit. Buffalo, again, the number's tough, but I'll take the Bills something like twenty to ten. Browns minus seven playing host to the Chicago Bears. Jesus feels too big. Um, here's this is this is what I think. Cleveland will do defense. I think Odell Beckham's going to play. I think that defensively, they are kind of built for for what Justin Fields eventually will be. I mean, they, they drafted this defense for Lamar and for Mahomes, mobile quarterbacks, big arms, those type of things. So that's what Justin is. I think that it'll be a tough day for Justin Fields. I think um, I think there's a, a real potential there for it to be a tough day for him. Um, I like I like Cleveland winning this one, thirty-one seventeen. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think that there's a lot of pressure on Justin. First start, whole week of prep. Rookies in their first starts, it's not typically. We've seen some rare instances, right, with Baker and all that, but it depends on the opponent. And this is an opponent that can cover athletic linebackers, uh, a D-line that would love nothing better than to make your day miserable um, as a rookie. I know Chicago's defense is good, but I'm going with the Browns. I, I just Chicago's defense is solid, but they, they just won't hold up. Ravens at Lions, Baltimore minus eight. Sorry, I took a drink of my protein shake, and there was more, a little more coconut in there that didn't get grinded up, so it kind of caught me by surprise <laughs> of what that what was that floating around. <laughs> Sorry, pulled a bobby. Um, Eight at Detroit. You feel like Detroit can fight, man. I just... I want... Baltimore's going to win. But is Baltimore really good defensively to where they can... I don't know. This one's a tricky one. It's a big number. But something tells me that Detroit's going to fight their tail off. That's just part of their DNA. Spiels might even suit up. I don't know. But I feel like... I like Baltimore by a touchdown. Same. Yeah, give me Detroit to cover the eight. Titans minus five and a half, hosting the Colts. I think the Colts are in disarray, and I think yep. the Titans are in, have belief right now, and a lot of belief. Um, I think they get the pass game going a little bit. They haven't done that yet. Give me Tennessee by a touchdown. Same. Chiefs minus six and a half, hosting the Los Angeles Chargers. You know, this is one of those spreads where I, I understand Pat Mahomes is incredible, but these teams know each other. It's going to be Brandon Staley's first time facing the the Chiefs, you know, as head coach of the of the Chargers. I just, I think that Herbert and that team can keep it close. I think it, I I wouldn't be surprised if it's a four point victory for Kansas City. Is their defense really ever going to stop a soul? Um, I know they've played two really good teams, but they're playing another really talented offense that can that could do some work. So I, I like the Chiefs to win, but I think the Chargers will cover. Give me the Chiefs by a touchdown. I'll take Kansas City. They haven't covered yet. Kansas City has not covered yet because they lost and they and the Browns covered, so they have not covered yet for the for the Chiefs. 
Next up, New Orleans in New England. Patriots minus three. Okay, what did we do last week with Belichick facing rookie quarterback? Yep. Right? Yep. So Jameis is not a rookie, but he's almost being handled like a rookie by Sean Payton with what yep. he's being asked to do. They do not have Michael Thomas yet. I think it's going to be tough sledding for the New Orleans offense. Uh, give me New England. Uh, to, And I think they'll continue to give Mac Jones a little bit more and more as it goes along. Give me New England. Yeah, I don't think New England's ever going to win You know, in a very sexy fashion. It'll be complimentary football. But I agree. I think the Patriots will win this one. Um, it'll be They'll be tough on Jameis Winston. Atlanta at the Giants, New York minus three. Dude, this game makes me want to throw up. Inmate game of the week. What are we doing? Atlanta at New York. Atlanta's garbage. So are the Giants. <sighs> Give me the Falcons. Come on. Let's go. So funny. I'm taking them, too. I don't know why. They're I don't know so why. Gutless. Maybe this is Matt Ryan over Danny Dimes. You I know? guess. I w- I'm feeling the same way. Maybe they get something. I hate these two teams. Both these teams stink. Bengals at Steelers, Pittsburgh minus three. I am so tempted to pick Cincinnati to win this game. I am so tempted. Uh, I think Cam Hayward's going to be a real problem, though, and I think the the Steelers' back end of their defense could be a problem for Burrow as well, who's throwing some picks. Uh, So give me the Steelers. Steelers win by seven. I really wanted to take the Bengals, too. I just can't do it because of Cam. Our guy's still playing. The six eight massive head machine in the middle, yeah, still rolling. The best all because of you. Job you, I've ever done in my life. That's right. His career, yeah. he, he he owes it to you. Damn right he does. Steelers, Cardinals minus seven and a half at the Jaguars. This feels like a feels like it's not enough. Yeah, I. <laughs> You know, it's like I'm almost like, does, do they know something I don't? I that's feel like this I, could be. That's what I'm worried about. I know. Worry about if they if they don't think that they're going to take. I mean, you feel like this crowd's going to be really tough because there's no f- traveling fans. You know, I mean, one of these kind of games, Cardinals are going to walk. Although they play Big Twelve ball, you know, they don't really. Nah, give me the Cardinals. I'm not you have to take. Yeah, this. Cardinals for sure. I mean, uh, Jacksonville is really incompetent right now. Uh, and Arizona's got playmaker. Offensively, it's going to be a huge problem for Jacksonville. Um, yeah, Arizona, big. Broncos minus 10, hosting the Jets. Well, this is a simple one. I mean, it's competent offense out of Denver. They have a really good defense. And it's a rookie quarterback without his left tackle and without weapons. Denver, big. Isn't it something Cheerios? Getting all the receiving yards for the Jets or something? Barrios. Yeah. No. Braxton Berrios. Berrios. Right. On purpose. Crazy. Being facetious. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Broncos. Raiders minus four hosting the Dolphins. Yeah. I think Vegas is for real. Yeah. I think Vegas is for real. And obviously with the two injuries and all that, I mean, yeah. Give me Vegas. Yeah. Same. Vegas. Buccaneers just one and a half point favorites on, on the road at the Rams. What are we talking about? Just ram it. Home dogs for the Ramets. Do do home dogs. <clears throat> home dogs for the Ramets. Um, boy, that's no AB for Tampa Bay. He's on the Rona list. 
I'll take the Bucks. Mm. Another home dog. I don't love it though, because you know I love the I love the Rammets. Yeah. Another home dog. Seahawks minus one and a half at the Vikings. Do we know what uniform they're wearing? Because if if the Rams are wearing Bowen, then I might I might switch it. Um, jump. <laughs> Seahawks. Minnesota, I think, just has bad vibes, man. I don't know what it is. I don't like the vibes in, in Minneapolis. I think Seattle rebounds. They're their championship type pedigree organization. They rebound after tough losses. And it turns out that they like being a road team now anyway. So give me the Seahawks. Yeah, I, I think they actually I'm I'm with you. I like Seattle as well. I think they, they almost it's weird, they almost play better on the road for whatever reason. And they, that was a big blown game last week. Um and I I'm really keeping an eye on Minnesota with Zim if he can survive. Packers at 49ers, San Fran minus three and a half. So, Sunday night football, Rodgers, they weren't great in the opener against, um, uh, or they, they weren't good, they weren't great in the first half against Detroit last week, uh, but they got it going. And I, I, I think they're actually going to win the game. So the fact that I get three and a half, I'll take it. Give me Green Bay. I'm, I've really struggled on this one. I've really struggled on this one. Um, oh boy, uh, give me the Forty ers I think at home in the Bay, I want to see Green Bay do it back to back. First home weeks. game for the Forty ers Yep, I want to see them do it back to back weeks. The Packers before I start to really believe in these good matchups that they can win because beating the Lions like that. You're right; they weren't impressive. No, they really haven't been impressive for six of their eight quarters that they've played. So well, but far. I don't know if the 49ers have either. I mean, they struggled nope. with Philly. They gave up, gave it all back. Although I will say Detroit. Philly has been better than than I expected. Well, so they played Atlanta. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, speaking of, they're next, right? So they're Philly next. at Dallas on Monday night. What is it, Chops? Cowboys minus four. Yeah, I think I think the Cowboys are actually for real. I so do too. I, I, I like the Cowboys on that one. Same. I think the Cowboys are are. I think Dak Prescott's for real. He is. Um, Won me over. I'm a believer. I was kind of a, a, in between last year, but I'm a full-time believer now. Yeah, I'm in. All right, uh, Justin Fields is in. He is starting in Cleveland on Sunday. You'll hear from him coming up next. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. We know everything about you. We know you love the Buckeyes. We know you love the jackets. We know you're wearing a red shirt. I just freaked the hell out of someone. The Fan. Hey, Threes and Uncle Bo. If you know, you know. You're listening to Bishop and Laurinaitis. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. You know what you need for the game this weekend is some ridiculously good salsa. I'm talking about legit the brand, ridiculously good salsa. So when you're out there tailgating or at home watching the game Saturday night, you need a good, shareable snack. Go with my go-to. Share it with family, friends, neighbors, whoever. Everyone loves this stuff, including me. You can find it at Whole Foods, Wylands, the Hills Market, and the last weekend of the Dublin Market. So get over there and get you some. Mild, happy medium. I actually got some high heat for this weekend. I got I got my medium as my favorite, but the high heat is incredible. I, I need a little spice to my life every now and again. So please go try them out. Ridiculously good salsa. And enjoy on your tailgate or in your living room. I use that the high heat with the uh, as as the, kind of the base with the queso. Oh, mixing the melted cheese and then that's look at you. They put it. they actually put um, a bunch of recipes and stuff on their website. Yeah, one of their uh, family members um, tends to show all the different ways you can use their ridiculously good salsa. 
Justin Fields was ridiculously good while he was here. God, the situation he's, he's in in Chicago is not necessarily ridiculously good. Yesterday, Matt Nagy announced that he's starting Sunday in Cleveland, but also said that when Andy Dalton is healthy, he's the starter. Mm-hmm. Well, what if Justin Fields is great? Yeah. Why, why say that? Why say that? Why not just say he's our starter, Andy's hurt, mm-hmm. Justin Fields is our starter? Yep. Why Why put yourself in a position where you're going to have to backtrack if Fields plays well? If Justin Fields plays well, you are not going back to Andy Dalton. You're not. Yeah. So why say it? Why are coaches so obtuse with this stuff? I don't understand it. Well, a lot you of don't coaches have to say don't, it, man. Yeah, a lot of coaches don't like to be questioned. No. A lot of coaches want to believe they're the smartest person in the room. Um, And so if he had a plan... And look, there's some coaches who just have a a, a stubborn stick to itness about it. Yeah. And if he, I, I'm starting to believe Bo, and I don't agree with it at all, but I'm starting to believe that he absolutely is going to try to put Fields on the bench for the whole season. I feel like he deep believes that deeply. Then play full Sunday. You've got yeah. another guy. Yeah. Gosh, I forget my guy Nick's up there. Foles is there. I mean, he's Super Bowl MVP, just chilling, just chilling, just chilling. Right. Oh man. Right. Man. I mean, yeah. I mean, they, they don't have to play fields. They are. Justin was available yesterday. Uh, he was asked about his relationship with Matt Nagy as the starter and also as the backup. I think me and Coach Nagy, we have a great relationship. So, um, you know, one of the first things he told me when I got here was, you know, we need to have the best relationship. So um, and I feel very comfortable going up to his office and talking to him whenever about anything. So, um um, I'm, I'm, it's, it's no, it's no different between, you know, when I was a backup to, to now. Yeah. I bet he did have that conversation. We need to have yeah. a good relationship. Yeah. <laughs> because it's all going to be tested. Uh, I think he'll play, I think he'll play much better this week than he did last week with a full week to prepare. He, he went to quarterback finishing school here. I, I'm not, I think it's going to be tough sledding for them up there. Um, but I also think that he will be prepared, and I think he'll play well on Sunday. Yeah, I, I do too. Um, I think he'll play fine. I, I believe him when he says that he and Nagy have a good relationship. Um, what's been impressive is I just think Justin's demeanor this whole time. He's had a mindset to control what he can control, but yet he's also been very honest. I yeah. think the direct quote was, um, not direct quote, so don't take me at that, but the quote was something along the lines of, my goal each and every time I go out there is to become the permanent starter. So he's saying things with confidence, as he should, but he's also not saying it in a way that's disrespectful to Andy, right? So I think he has shown uh, maturity beyond his years. Not surprised, because we saw it while he was here, but I just think he's handling a very what could be a very uncomfortable situation as a rookie and is really just rolling with it. You know, and um, and so I, I, I and I could, I mean, you can only read so much into actually how somebody sounds, but I believe him when he says that he and Coach Nagy have a a good relationship, and I think it also stems from the fact that I think Coach Nagy, when they drafted him, I, th- I think there's probably an open line of communication to where Matt Nagy said, "Hey, look, our goal is to sit you all year. We want you to develop, but sure. trust me, I did it with Pat Mahomes. That's so I'm telling you right this there. now." I'm selling you this now so you're not surprised. Now, things change. Now, if he goes out there, to your point, if he goes out there and balls and throws 325, 
three touchdowns, one pick, and they beat the Browns, and it's an upset, and has like 64 yards rushing and a touchdown run, you're saying to yourself, and then he puts you back on the bench, now there might be a, come on, bro, yeah, you know, kind of moment. Now, if he goes out there and struggles, which nobody wants to, ha- to happen, he doesn't, the team doesn't, all that, if he goes out there and struggles and stuff, it might be a little bit easier for him to be like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep learning throughout this year and all that, but... I do believe there had to have been some kind of upfrontness from Coach Nagy to him um, right away from the get-go. And as long as you're open and honest, I tell you this all the time, as long as you just have honesty, man. Yeah. As long as you have honesty, I think you're going to be all right with players. Yeah. Uh, we'll get Patrick Finley's opinion on this. He covers the Bears for the Sun-Times. What he expects to see out of fields on Sunday, that is coming up next. Bishop and Laura Knight is right here on The Fan. The Daily Coach Ryan Day Show is brought to you locally by Credit Union of Ohio and by Hyde Park Prime Steakhouse on The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. This is The Daily Show with Coach Ryan Day brought to you by Safe Flight Auto Glass. So much talk about coaches' responsibilities and assignments for assistant coaches this week. Is it always a constant thing that you're looking for all of the coaching staff to contribute in a varied and, and consistent ways? Yeah, I think finding um, you know that, that rhythm with your team and, and you know the right personnel in the right spots, that's kind of the art of, of coaching football. And this this year, you know, especially on defense, we had to replace you know quite a few guys across the board that uh, with, with people who really hadn't played much football at all here at Ohio State and so that's a unique challenge um, you know usually when we, we make that change you know those guys have a bunch of reps under their belt you know I think back on 2019 you know where, where Justin Fields only played in the fourth quarter in you know, game nine so there were so many guys getting you know meaningful reps even in the second half of those games that didn't happen last year and so because of that there's a little bit of a gap there and so you know we're we're working hard to, to close that gap. We'll have another comment in just a moment. The linebacker, the legend, the liquor cabinet. This is Bishop and Laurenitis. Buckeyes in Akron on Saturday. Two tickets. Justin Fields making his first start. He wore number one while he was here. First caller to 821-9710. Gets him. In the meantime, we'll head out on the Brian Heating Cooling System Fan guest hotline. Talk with Patrick Finley. Covers the Bears for the Chicago Sun-Times. We'll spend a lot of time on fields with Patrick, and we thank you for your time. Before we do, though, I wanted to just ask you something. So, And, and for the folks out there, the early depth charts that are put out by NFL teams are done by their PR staffs. Uh, but usually they're pretty realistic in terms of what you'll see on Sunday. They do about as good a job as they can, but they're not done by coaches. Uh, but they have to do them early in the week. So I looked at the Bears yesterday. And if I'm to believe this, Patrick, and I'm wondering if you can explain to me how this happens in Chicago, if this is an inside joke, no Allen Robinson, he's down on the depth chart. David Montgomery's down on the depth chart. Khalil Mack is not starting. they got the same guy playing guard and center. Is this something that happens weekly over there? No, I think it's a typo. <laughs> it's comedy. No, no, you're right about teams, uh, teams lie through their teeth all the time, but uh, – but but this may just be a mistake because uh, Did you see uh, this? the most recent. No, I haven't seen I haven't seen this week's. Uh, frankly, because I don't really care. Doesn't for matter, them, right? Um, because they lie to us. But yeah, no, I'll have to take a look now. If Allen Robinson's been demoted to eighth string wide receiver, I'm curious why nobody's told us. Right. I mean, they got they got Mac as second team, uh, uh, Montgomery's second team, Robinson's second team. They got Fields third string behind Foles. 
So it's it's comedy. It's I've never seen one like it. I assume it's an inside joke. Patrick, uh, let, let's get to Justin Fields. Um, this plan has been something. My guess is you guys have questioned constantly. Matt Nagy has held firm with it, and now it's forced uh, with Justin Fields getting the start up in Cleveland. Do you believe that he is prepared and has been prepared for what is to come on Sunday? I think he's as ready as he's going to be. Um, I don't know that any rookie would be totally ready for the situation, but he's further ahead than the Bears thought he would be at this time. Uh, when the season started before week one, they said, you know, if he's got to go, he can go. And I think that's as comforting as anything they could have said about him. You know, we'll see what happens, but he has hit every benchmark and then more. Uh, you know, you know, you've seen this, you know, even in training camp, you know, when he goes out in the preseason and, and flashes and, and the Bears sit there and can barely contain their smirks afterwards. Like, they know they have something special, and I don't think it's ideal. I think that Matt Nagy probably would have preferred to wait a couple more weeks to uh, to get him uh, in there as the full-time starter. But here we go, and, and, and once we go, there's no, there's no turning back, regardless of what Matt Nagy says about Andy Dalton. Yeah, I'm wondering that, Patrick. That's, that's my follow-up to that is, what, what is the performance, do you think, that Justin needs to have to where Matt Nagy isn't just – so committed to his you're sitting the bench this year kind of mantra like what is that performance because really the fans I, I understand the fan pressure right there's a lot of pressure maybe take a, a quarterback especially in that town but when you're talking about the locker room and you already hear some of the players talking about how they were really impressed with Justin's poise well now what, what does he need to display against the Browns to where Matt Nagy just can't help himself like okay Justin it's your team going forward First of all, I think this is more than a one-week proposition from everybody yeah. I've talked to. A bone, a bone bruise inside the knee does not get better in seven and a half days. It doesn't get better in ten days. It's usually about a month or more. So I think Justin's going to have more than one opportunity, and frankly, I hope he does because the game after this is at home against the Lions, and that's a lot more forgiving of a situation to be in than being on the road in Cleveland. My personal opinion is that as long as it is not an absolute dumpster fire, Justin's going to stay the starter. I think to do anything else would be giving the impression that somehow he's taken a step back or somehow there's something there that you don't like. I mean, let's look and see what the Dolphins did last year with Tua. You know, they had Ryan Fitzpatrick starting for the first six or seven weeks. Uh, They'd already planned to put Tua in after the bye. That's what they did. Then they spent the second half of the season yanking Tua every time something bad happened and bringing in Fitzpatrick off the bench, you know, in the third quarter. That's no way to handle a quarterback situation. I think that once you break the seal on Justin, I think you need to keep him there. You know, the second question is, why didn't Matt just come out and say that yesterday? And I think it's because he didn't want to demote a veteran quarterback that everybody's super fond of here uh, on national, or you know, uh, in a press conference and with cameras rolling. I think that that's not the way to do this. I think you tell Andy, hey, you get healthy and we'll figure it out. And uh, I just, for the long term, you know, health of the franchise, though. As long as Justin is showing improvement, I think they're incentivized to start him the rest of the way. And, Patrick, it'll be a different – he gives them, obviously, a lot different from Andy Dalton. But um, Andy, through the first couple of games, it's really virtually nothing down the field. It's all short passes. It's all out quick. Uh, he's accurate on those, but there's nothing down the field. Fields uh, gets into the game, doesn't have that many attempts, but he's already got a handful of, of deep balls down the field. So this will open up some of their offense. Again, I don't love this matchup against Cleveland, um, but, but this will open some things up for what they want to do offensively. Yeah, it opens some stuff up vertically and also just his ability to run. 
uh, and his ability to scramble uh, will, you know, they'll put in a, a lot more stuff where he's moving out of the pocket and, and when they're rolling the pocket out there. You know, with Dalton, it's tough because I thought he looked pretty good uh, before he got hurt against the Bengals. Remember, we're just talking about one quarter. Uh, what he did, which was impressive, was, you know, he goes into Soldier Field and, and the people at Soldier Field are literally ready to boo Andy off the field because yeah. he's not Justin Fields, which is not a particularly intelligent thing to do, I don't think, if you're a Bears fan. Um, and Andy comes in and marches them to a touchdown on the first drive of the game. <laughs> right. And all of a sudden, that awkwardness goes out the window, uh, and then he gets hurt. The first game against the Rams, the Bears had this very specific game plan where they weren't going to uh, try and put up air yards. They were going to try and put up some yak yards after catch. That obviously didn't work very well. So, yeah, Justin will open some stuff up. Guys, you know this, though. I mean, there are going to be mistakes he makes that Andy Dalton would never make. Um, and it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a roller coaster for a couple of weeks, you know, maybe a couple of months here. But that's what you sign up for uh, when you draft a quarterback in the first round. Look around the league. A lot of bad performances by rookie quarterbacks already listed. How do you think Matt Nagy tries to, I guess, how do you think he calls it? against the Browns, you know, when it comes to, to using Justin? Do you think he tries to – it was weird because against – Bo and I were talking against the Rams, it's like he came in for zone read packages, you know, like he was some kind of wildcat runner. Um, and yet we, we know he can definitely beat you that way, and he'll need to use those legs against Clowney and Miles Garrett and that. But just how do you, how do you think the play calling goes uh, with Justin? I thought that Sunday against the Bengals – they were super conservative with him. I mean, there was yeah. a lot of handing off. There were a lot of drop-back passes that looked like something they would have asked Andy Dalton to run. And, and maybe part of that is just that Justin took zero snaps with the starters last week and that they did not game plan for him short of, you know, a couple of packages or two. I think the real answer is going to be somewhere in between that zone read, read option, RPO stuff that he ran against the Rams and this conservative stuff that we saw uh, against the Bengals. Uh, to me, what will be interesting is Bill Lazor's the offensive coordinator here. You guys remember him from the Bengals. And one of the things that he's good at is uh, playing with tempo, getting to the line quickly, kind of, you know, you know, changing up the speeds to keep the defense off balance and also sending a lot of guys in motion. And, you know, that takes, that takes a lot of reps to make sure that that's right. And that takes a death touch if you're the quarterback to get the ball out at the right time. I don't know that we will see a ton of that with Justin. I think that, like you said, we're going to see him on the move. We will see him as a runner a lot. But, you know, Nagy said yesterday, my God, running is not the best thing he does. The best thing he does is throwing the football. And, uh, and I'm eager to see how he looks throwing the football with a game plan that's not as conservative as it was last week. Patrick, thank you so much for your time. And give our guy Adam Widman, he was here with Ohio State, give him, give him a little hell for that depth chart. I mean, we got to be. You got to have a higher standard, Wid. We got to be better than that. Thanks, buddy. I'm going to see him in 20 minutes. I'll do that. <laughs> tell him. Tell him. Bo said, "What's with your depth chart, pal?" I mean, he'll know. He knows better. Thanks, pal. Awesome. Thanks, guys. All right, Patrick Patrick Finley covers the Bears for the Sun Times on the Brian Heating Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. I would guess the Bear the uh, the Browns' plan will include a lot of Jeremiah Wusukoromoa on the field, yeah. shielding and and shadowing wherever Justin goes. I think that's. Part with partly why they are thrilled that they have him. Uh, it was for Lamar, uh, but I think that that's what they will do uh, in in Cleveland for Fields. It's going to be a fun one e- either way. Going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we hit three things on a Thursday up next. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on the fan. Matty Ice has a large tattoo on his calf of LeBron eating a lion. I have nothing else to say. Rockman and Ice weekdays from noon to three. The fan. Two legends, one show. Well, it's all a lie. This is Bishop and Laurinaitis. 
All right, time for three things on a Thursday edition. Hit it, Chopper. One, two, one, two. Three things with Bishop and Laurenitis. Sponsored by Custom Air. Custom Air. Custom Solutions. Custom Comfort. Number one for me, uh... Reminder number one that Uncle Bo is getting old, provided by the internet today. Nirvana's album Nevermind is 30 years old today. And Sports Night, a sitcom that doesn't get probably the attention that it deserves because it wasn't in the sense a traditional sitcom, but was very, very good. Aaron Sorkin wrote it 23 years ago today, Sports Night. Uh, And actually, the tagline they used was... uh, sports night on csc so stick around and i use that in my television career i stole it right from it great show (laughs) highly recommend it yeah oh man it's my quick psa to please put gray back in the sleeves and put gray font (laughs) on the field when you redo it my first thing uh, all three of these have to do with hayden um (coughs) she she is incredible um i said hayden you have picture day saturday for soccer she goes, okay, do we get snacks? I'm like, yeah, but aren't you excited for your soccer game? She goes, yeah, only because we get snacks. <laughs> okay. That's why they have them at the end. All right. I'm like, what about, we have snacks at home, Hayden. She goes, you don't have goldfish. Okay. You're right. We don't carry goldfish in our house. You win. By Mine the way, for- real quick, is there anything more overrated than goldfish? No, I mean, I could bash a whole box of goldfish. I'm not going to lie to you. I could bash a whole box of goldfish, but we don't have it for multiple reasons. No, no, I know, but 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 the the one that has the cheese blast at least has a a flavor to it. The original is pretty bland. You know what they do? You know what we do? Let's do the the random colors. You know, let's just put all these unsafe colored eyes on all these and feed them to the kids. And like, oh, they taste so good. It's it's the same Same. bland thing. There's not enough flavor to them. It's all right. Sorry, Chops. Go ahead. It's sort of just like, you know, like a saltine. Like a saltine that, yeah, it tastes good because of the salt, but there's not really anything to it. Nothing there. That's right. First thing for me, I mentioned last week I'd ordered new eyeglasses. I got them. Feels good to let my eyes breathe again. I haven't worn contacts that consistently since college, and I was just getting tired of it. So I like, especially we get up early in the morning to, to start working for this show. I don't like to have to touch my eye first thing in the morning every day, so it's nice to be able to throw the glasses back on. Yeah, good job out of you. Number two for me. Um, this was a, yesterday, as I mentioned, was picture day for Bootsy. He is not particularly a fan of dressing fancy. Um, his his girlfriend, who's a family friend of ours, um, her dad sent me a text and said that, that Bootsy looked handsome on picture day. So I shared uh, the message. I, I, we were at dinner last night for uh, the blonde's birthday, and I said, Bootsy, come here. So I said, hey, listen, you know, Nora said that you, were, uh, you looked very handsome on picture day. Uh, and I know that she's your girlfriend. And he goes, she's not my girlfriend. She's my crush. Mm. Okay. That a boy. Duly noted. That a boy. Son. Duly noted. Yeah. yeah. That a boy. What a life. My, the, th- the young ones lead such a life. Wait till, wait till Remy is. You, yeah. Because the things she says, <sighs> London never would have said. No. You're already getting so. that with Hayden. Dude, I'm, I'm screwed. The third I'm, one's going to be crazy. What are talking about? I... I <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm so excited to see what Remy's like because the right. first two cannot be more polar opposites. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, my second thing, more more on, on Hayden Rose. She tells Shelly yesterday after lunch, Mom, I want you to make a sandwich, but without bread. And Shelly goes, Honey, you can't make a sandwich without bread. We want just like the turkey rolled up. No, I want toast. But I, I, don't, I want a sandwich. It's about bread. She goes, No, it's the same thing. 
And it's not just like a, no, it's not. It's like a, a deep wine yell. I just want a sandwich without bread. And it's like, all right. <laughs> what was she going for? What was she, she trying to explain? She wanted it. Out. She wanted all. What Shelly was doing was cutting off some of the crust on the top, on the trying to trick her on the top oh. piece of the bread. And she, no, she doesn't want to see one damn thing of crust. All right, mom? Oh, it's yeah. the crust. Yep. That's what that's we got the, to. That's yep. the sticking point. But it's, the, it's, it's going from zero to 100 yeah. in her tone, which is what triggers you. Because you're like, I'm going to be really patient with her and caring yeah. for a couple responses. And then it's and just then, like, enough. slingshot engaged. Let's go. You cranked it up. My second thing. So this is the NCAA FBS football, a verified Twitter. They tweeted out a video of a North Dakota State player. He's dancing after after he scored, and it said touchdown dance, and then had the 100 emoji. That was also a play that got penalized in the game for excessive <laughs> celebration. So you can either you can either promote Jeez. the the cool thing that the player did in the end zone, and had fun, did the dance, or you can penalize it as excessive celebration. You can't do both, but it's the NCAA. What would you expect? It's Jeez. the NFL, dude. Same Take thing. our greatest hits collection DVD now for nineteen ninety nine. Oh shoot! Hey, burn the tapes, burn the DVDs. Right, get burn rid of the DVDs. Them. Get rid of them. Number three for me. So it was the blonde's birthday. So we went to a nice dinner last night. And anybody who has kids, minor nine, seven, and five, knows that there is a time. There is a very hard out that you have got to be done by. And oh, we yeah. were cruising. Everything was good. Everyone was well behaved. No, no electronics at the table. Everyone, we're having a nice talking about how much we love mom and all the great things she does and so forth. And the main entree took a little too long, probably mm. about seven minutes too long to arrive. Mm. Um, and it was slow, even by adult standards, but by kids' standards, it was definitely too long. Yeah. And my middle boy Beamsy, who doesn't do much. I mean, he's the Abraham Lincoln of the three of them. Um, he started to have a meltdown. And so one of the, what he ordered was chicken fingers, and then he had a uh, he was having a, a pasta and, and a little bit of red sauce, and he loses it, and I, he hardly says, "Hey, I look at him," and he goes, "Why can't we just go home? We can make chicken strips there." Mm. Which then led to us scarfing down our food in about a minute and a half, which I would have liked to enjoy for twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, th- thanks for wrapping or thanks for uh, keeping it together for mom. Way to go, bud. Um, <laughs> my last thing. Um, another Haydenism. I want to throw this out, but I don't want the trash man to take it. Hayden, that's impossible. If you throw that in the garbage, the garbage man will take it tomorrow morning. I don't want it, the garbage man to take it, but I want it in the trash. All right, kid, whatever. Do your thing. <laughs> Kudos to FCS coach Bruce Barnum, Portland State coach. Said he would buy a beer to any adult who showed up at the game. 2,064 beers and $14,448,000 later. He's a man of his word. Good job out of him. The Ryan Day Show is up next. We're back tomorrow on a football Friday. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.